You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. Uh, I'm Ryan, and those are my legs. I'm the new James Bond poster. And I'm Mark. And is that the work of a blowfish on your neck, Ryan? <laughs> As you may have guessed from our little puns, uh, we've made it all the way to season two, episode five, the one with the five steaks and an eggplant. It's a bit of a weird title, isn't it? But yeah, definitely up there in the running for worst title of an episode. <laughs> the one with the thumb. Yeah, yeah. I hate that episode. But yeah, it's a awful title. That would be top. This is second, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess before we start this episode, I wanted to talk about something else for a little bit. <gasps> All right. So I've been watching Seinfeld, as you may have known, mm-hmm. and I've come across uh, two friends kind of crossovers in it. Uh. The first is uh, Maggie Wheeler, Janice, Yes. is in Seinfeld. Oh, okay, nice. And she plays uh, the typical New Yorker woman Fair. that she was basically hired for for, for friends, I guess. Um, so she was in an episode of that. So I was like, I wonder if Friends is in the same universe as Seinfeld because they're both in the same city. Maybe, you know, Janice, who had a different name. I think it was Stephanie Seinfeld. Maybe they're the same person. I mean, Janice could have a twin. I guess so, maybe. Oh, imagine, imagine that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> God, what Chandler do? Two Janices. Uh, I will not break up with you. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe punch both in the eye. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then there was a scene at Insomnia Cafe. Uh, Cafe. Oh. And this is a real place in LA. And I think there's actually two versions of it. There's one like that's on a on a street corner, which is like the famous one. And there's one that's kind of like in a row of shops. And they went to the one that's in a row of shops. And they show the outside. And yeah, that's... Uh, what Friends was potentially going to be called at one point. Yeah. And also what Central Park is based off of in the interior-wise, which is like this weird eclectic mix of sofas and doodars and whatnot. Fair. So, uh, they, they don't actually film inside it, but uh, it seems a lot of writers and a lot of famous people used to go to like this cafe. So they talk about, you know, Mel Brooks used to be there all the time and loads of actors, Jim Carrey and whatnot. You should just go with this. Like, oh, you could have met them all if you knew about it. That'd be weird. I don't think I'd want to bother someone while they're, you know, head over a script, drinking a cup of tea. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I found that kind of interesting, especially as, like, Seinfeld was on basically the same time as Friends was. How is it as a show? Is it comparable? Well, or? I've mentioned this before, saying that I don't think it's all that funny. Like, it's, it's watchable. Um, I don't know Jerry Seinfeld all that well, like, compared to compared to most Americans. And I feel like that's the thing. You need to know his humour and other things he's been in before, and that's what you enjoy. As, as a show, like, it's... You could boil it down to, well, it's kind of like the Friends formula where it's a bunch of friends that are hanging out in the apartments and they go and do things together a lot. Uh, it's, it feels a lot different to me. Uh, a, lot more, a lot more New York, I guess, a lot more aggressive. Fair. In some ways, um, yeah, it's not it's not laugh out loud funny. I know a lot of people like Kramer in it. He's the uh, weird one. He's right? the weird one. Uh, he's not as weird as I kind of imagined he would be based on previous comments I've heard about him. Fair. Uh, 
yeah, it's uh, it's something I'm gonna gonna work my way through. I'm on series four now, I think. Uh, but yeah, it it doesn't match up in terms of friends, and I I think it's kind of telling in how it survived. Like, yes, Seinfeld does have a Lego set now. Oh, okay. So of, of one of the apartments of uh, Jerry's apartment. So it's it's still kind of like out there, but no one talks about Seinfeld like they do with Friends. Uh, well, it's not internationally, maybe in the states, but potentially, in the yeah. UK, definitely not. I'm no, Europe. And like you know, there's 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 lots of Friends merch out there. So I've been looking at the the Facebook Friends groups, and oh my god, there's so much Friends merch, and mm-hmm. some of it is stupid. Like I saw one the other day, which was just like uh, nail clipper set. And nothing about it was friends apart from the box it came in. <laughs> just, and it was just, just stuff. And then there's other things that out there where you're like, they've just put the friends logo on it or they've actually thought about it, made like tea towels and um, aprons and, you know, here's a, a gift set with the cookbook and stuff like that. There. Uh, there is so much stuff. And it seems to be store by store basis if you're going to find this stuff out there. But again, Seinfeld doesn't really have much, at least in the UK. I mean, I'm only familiar with Seinfeld uh, from some of his stand-up, like mm. the behind-the-scenes stuff of his stand-up I've seen, where he seems very egotistical. Yes. Or not overly proud of what he's done. He just seems like he knows, he thinks, he thinks he's his own hype best. He believes his own hype, and he's definitely like, Which, I'm uh, Seinfeld, I'm hilarious. I think a lot of people agree with that, and that's how he plays the character as well. Fair. So basically just him then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I've only seen a few things, and his stand-up's okay. I don't think he's hilarious. No. Um, but yeah, he's passable. I don't know if I'd ever get around to watching Seinfeld myself. Because but... we've, we've spoken about the Joey doesn't share food like merch out there. And, and there's lots of other related Friends merch that are based on slogans. And there is one for Seinfeld, apparently. I, know, I saw this on a, I think it was a podcast or, or YouTube video, like a day or two after I'd seen the episode, which was like, my mouth is dry. I've just eaten pretzels, like sort of thing. And that's meant to be like the big thing. That, no. that they make for their merch. Now, saying that to you, like you're you're not going to get the joke, right? Same way as if I put like Joey Shet doesn't share food, you'd be like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, but the actual episode it's in, I was like, oh, like I watched it and it was all right, but I didn't. That line didn't stand out to me as like super funny and relevant. Whereas like Joey doesn't share food. Yeah, I suppose it's all, differently. It's all context dependent. Definitely. But if that's the only catchphrase that the highest rated show in America at the time had. Yeah, that seems like a bit of a fail to me. Whereas I could rattle off dozens of quotes from friends, like "Could I be wearing animal clothes?" <laughs> yeah. and like your brain <laughs> immediately seeing Joey doing lunges. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a go at some point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I guess we should get into this episode, shouldn't we? It does. And we open this episode with Ross and Chandler in the boys' apartment. I always like seeing Ross and Chandler hanging out together. Um, it just reminds me that they're because we always see Joey and Chandler as like the duo of friends. Yeah. I like seeing Ross and Chandler hang out together because it reminds us that they've known each other since high school or college and, you know, they've been friends all that time. Yeah, they, they lived together, I assume, at one point. You and then obviously, you know, Ross got married and, you know, that, that part of his life changed in a way. Yeah. But I just like getting like, a little reminder of that. It's cool to see them, just the two of them, from time to time. Man, I sure miss Julie. Spanish midgets. Spanish midgets wrestling. Julie. Okay, yes, I see how you got there. (laughs) You ever figure out what that thing's for? 
Uh, see, I'm trying this new screening thing. You know, I figure if I'm always answering the phone, people will think I don't have a life. My God, Rodrigo never gets pinned. Steve, you know what to do. Hello, I'm looking for Bob. This is Jade. I don't know if you're still at this number, but I was just thinking about us and how great it was. And, well, I know it's been three years, but I was kind of hoping we could hook up again, you know? I barely had the nerve to make this call, so you know what I did? What? I got a little drunk and naked. Bob here. <laughs> well, interesting phone call to get. <laughs> well, you know, Chandler does actually carry on the screening because he has a, an answer phone at some point yep. where he does put on there, you know, we're probably screening you. And he's like, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I mean, two things stood out to me about this, other than well, one thing, other than the phone call, is they're sat watching midgets wrestle. C- can you can you call it that now? I don't know if that's a, well, seen as offensive. Maybe, but that's what it was called in the show, and that's what they call it in the show. So, in the context of the show, yep. I'm going to use the word. Um, I mean, anything else to me sounds patronising, like yeah. little people, little persons, small people, yep. vertically challenged. I don't know what the, the the best phrase is to use, but they say midgets, so I'm going to say midgets. Yep. Um, but they're watching midget wrestling on WWF, which is funny because this is a time in wrestling where... I was going to say, was there midget wrestling on WWF? Yeah, there was. There, it, <laughs> it, this, I think it would have been just before the Monday Night Wars kickoff, right. where wrestling was kind of like floundering and it was big because it was wrestling in the 90s, but it wasn't as big as it was soon going to get. Um, when it would get edgier and the attitude it would start and WWF would have a ratings war with WCW and it just got mental and wrestling took over kind of the cultural zeitgeist of the time. This probably would have been before that when they were just throwing stuff at the wall and okay. seeing what stuck. But they're watching this, and Ross mentioned Julie out of nowhere. Which, I mean, he's obviously got it bad. You know, he likes I, Julie. It, I was going to say, she's, she's quite a short lady. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, Chandler just tried to work out who he got from Spanish yeah. <laughs> short people having a wrestling match to his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but we've all been there. You know, there's all been a time where you're out with your friends and... You know, you're doing whatever, and for some reason, that person's on your mind. Yeah. It's annoying. You would rather be with them than your friends. Yeah, or, you know, like you'll be watching a movie, and then something in the movie will remind you of that person, and you're like, why am I thinking about that person now when I'm supposed to be watching this film? Yep. Infuriating. But, you know, he's got it bad. It's just, it's kind of cute, to be fair. Cute? Yeah. <laughs> Ross and cute. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Like, it's quite cute. Okay. I mean, again, I'm a hopeless romantic. You know, and, you know, sometimes you are hanging out with your friends and you get distracted by the person you're with, unless it's the playoffs, and then you just watch the hockey because... Okay. You can't think about romance during the playoffs. It's the playoffs. Yeah, I, I have nothing to say to this. I mean, next time it's the playoffs, you can come watch the playoffs. If the Devils make the playoffs, that is. And then uh, you'll understand. Okay, okay. You, you forget you've got a, a part of a child who just be hockey. Right, okay. And if it's not, you'll just pretend to make me happy. Right, okay. <laughs> it's, it's fine. But as you heard, the phone rings, and it's Jade... Um, would you answer the phone to Jade and pretend to be Bob? Now, this is where I find it a bit odd, because Chandler is not a confident guy. No. At all. So this whole episode kind of goes totally against Chandler and his natural instincts, how confident like he has to act for all of this. I guess. I mean, she did say she was drunk and naked. Yeah, but I find it weird he... He puts on the Bob voice. He didn't know what Bob sounds like. He got lucky, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like, no, it's just weird. Like, like you might pick up and be like, hello. Like, oh, who's that? And you, maybe you could then turn it around. Like, oh, you've got through to Chandler now. No, see, I, 
I think he, the bump, well, once the bump impression worked, you have to keep going with it. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally, right? But I'm just saying, like, he probably shouldn't have done that at all. Like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't suit his personality. Joey, maybe. Yeah, Joey, for sure. Chan, Chandler, well, see, does, Chandler doesn't act. See, I think you're more likely to get Chandler pretend, pretending to be Bob, where Joey would have stands in as a phone and be like, who's Bob? How are you doing? And mm. then all of a sudden, it's a whole different conversation, and I guess so, yeah. two Bobbies. But, I mean, it's fun. It's quirky. I, I, you know, it's wrong, but it's still... Uh, yeah, in, it's only when you think about it, it stands out for Chandler as a characteristic. Yeah, look, it doesn't... Yeah, it isn't you are right. It isn't a very Chandlery thing to no. know. But it, it is funny how, how he does it. And yeah, he just, you know, goes Bob here. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, if you was going to be a Bob, you'd put on a deeper voice, right? I guess. I, guess, I don't know. I don't know. Like, yes, this is Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... She, she must have known, like... I mean, phone, phone lines that clear in the 90s. Yeah, you know, you can tell people's voices. Like, may, maybe not from the first hello, but over a conversation, definitely. Yeah, I guess. Unless she doesn't know Bob that well. Like, she hasn't spoke to him in quite a while. Early, what, three years? Yeah. So, I wonder if I sound similar. Maybe in three years' time, we'll listen to older episodes of the podcast, and we'll be like, we sound nothing that like that anymore. Or just not see you for three years and go, I don't remember... Uh, Ryan's voice being that high pitched. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Um, but Bob and Jade arrange a date at Central Park, which is funny. Of all the places Chandler could have picked, he picked the place where all his friends are going to be. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of get it in some ways. Like, don't want to put in too much effort. I don't want to walk too far <laughs> and be disappointed or whatever. And I feel like he arranges it as in, like, well, I'm just going to see who she is first. Rather than, I'm going to definitely date her. Fair. I mean, we get the sense that she's, she's attractive because she references that it's her legs on the new James Bond poster. Mm. This would have been, what, like Pierce Brosnan era James Bond? Uh, he was, Goldeneye was like 96. This would have been 95-ish. Yeah, so I guess it Maybe 96-ish. Yeah. I'm trying to think who the Bond girls were back then. Not that it matters for the poster, no. because you just pick a nice perfect <laughs> yeah, poster. Yeah. But you made me curious. I, I, I wonder what her, her name would have been in that era. I don't know. I mean, if we, we, we were unsure what to call the small people wrestling. So. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, you, <laughs> you, you had like Pussy Galore, and can you name a few more? No. They, they were all basically like weird puns, weren't they? I only remember some of the... Austin Powers one yeah. where it was like a lot of vagina yeah. <laughs> it was just well that's, that's the point of it yeah. wasn't it like <laughs> they, they were all like terrible pun names and they've, they've got away from that in recent years yeah thankfully but, uh, but still but Ross is sceptical and uh, says that he shouldn't really do this and is it really going to work which is weird for Ross <laughs> we, we don't like Ross yeah well no I thought Ross wouldn't think it's like an evil plan I feel like Ross would be like, yeah, like, let's see where this goes. This could be fun. I mean... Like, he's got no investment in any of this. No, I guess it's just, he's just morally against it, I suppose. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that goes against Ross's character in some ways. Like, I don't... I don't think he would care that much. No, I don't think he should lie to somebody. No, but... You know, okay. as, 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 as Chandler justifies... Well, he's got evil plan, horn in alone. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I've done this. <laughs> which you're going to pick... You know, I, I don't think the ends justify the means. But... No, and this is where, again, it goes against Chandler's character. Like, yes, he's, he's done the, the alone thing before. But Chandler's not a horrible person. No, he's quite a nice guy. Yeah. 
I suppose it's one of the things that may seem harmless initially until you actually sit down and think about it and then you go, oh, wait a minute, and that was probably out of line. Like, think of when he was uh, locked in the vestibule <laughs> with Joel Goodacre. <laughs> with Joel Goodacre. Like, how he was then, like, he was quite polite and kind and, I guess, timid in some way. When actually he could have been more forward and spoke to her and stuff. Yeah, he totally would have got a date, I think, if he'd yeah. asked Joel Goodacre out. But, you know, he waited until he was horny and alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he started to like, lose his moral fiber. Yeah, like, he... he Maybe this is like a depressive streak. Like he's just like kind of, kind of a bit dark in in this moment. A bit desperate. Yeah, that's fair. Well, we then leave that apartment and we're at the girls' apartment, and Ross is on the phone to Julie. Uh, everyone's there apart from Monica, because you know let's all hang out in her apartment. She's not there. Um, but as he says hello to the Julie, he tells the gang say hi to Julie, and everyone joins in. Yeah, yeah, everybody's here. Hey everybody, say hi to Julie in New Mexico. Hi, hi Julie. Julie. Hi Julie. Hi Julie. <laughs> okay, while Ross is on the phone, everybody owes me 62 bucks for his birthday. Um, <clears throat> is, is there any chance that you're rounding up from, <laughs> you know, like from like 20? <laughs> hey, come on, we got the gift, the concert, and the cake. Do we need a cake? <laughs> Look, guys, I know it's a little steep. Yeah, but it's Ross. All right, okay, I'll see you guys later. I gotta go do a thing. <laughs> okay, sweetie, I'll call you later tonight. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 you're not really gonna go through with this, are you? You know, I think I might just. <laughs> so, uh, what are you guys doing for dinner tonight? Well, I guess I gotta start saving up for Ross's birthday, so I guess I'll just stay home and eat dust bunnies. Can you believe how much this is gonna cost? Do you guys ever get the feeling that um, Chandler and those guys just don't get that we don't make as much money as they do? Yes, yes. yeah. Really? And it's like they're always saying, let's go here, let's go there. Like, we can afford to go here and there. Yes, yes, and, it's, and we always have to go to, you know, someplace nice. You know, God, I, it's not like we can say anything about it, because, like, this is a birthday thing, you know, and it's for Ross. For Ross. For Ross. Ross. There's a lot going on in that clip, to be fair. Well, I was going to say, like, so they got Ross concert tickets, and obviously tickets for themselves to also be there mm-hmm. in that $62. And a gift as well. Like, surely that should be just the gift. Well, the concert should be the gift. Yeah. Like, we paid for your ticket and we're yes. all going to go. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess it kind of proves the point that the one half of the group are richer than the other half because they're not seeing it as a... Because this is hundreds of dollars at this point. It is. I mean, the one thing I find out about this scene is that when Chandler explains what they'd, they'd gotten, it sounds as if that plan was discussed previously. Yeah. Like, they all want to decide, oh, yeah, we're going to go see Heat and the Blowfish and we'll get a present and we'll do this. So it all sounds like at the time when it was discussed the gang were okay with it and then now suddenly they've got a bill and been told it's $62 it's like oh my god what it's like, well when you were all chatting before it was fine well it might just be that at the time they discussed it they had money and then this month's come around and they don't have the money and you've been asked for $62 now I think there's quite a lot for a birthday present um, even if they are paying for themselves a little bit I don't think it's that expensive given $62 for a concert ticket a cake and a gift yeah, but you, they're basically spending £50 per person on a present, and that's where I see it as being expensive. 
if it was just if it was one of those things, if it was a fifty pound cake, fifty pound gift, or a concert ticket, fair enough. But fifty quid to go to a concert, a cake, and it seems like a bargain to me. Yeah, I think for altogether it is, but I just think it's like a standalone. We're spending money on someone's birthday is quite a lot. It's like it's like when you go on a stag do and you're like, ah, oh, doing a stag do, and then like, yeah, well, don't forget we're going to do this, 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 and this, and you're like, oh, that's four hundred pound. Yeah, it does add up to be fair, sort of thing. So. I, I get it, and I I do just think they've probably discussed, they've probably gone, yeah, that's fine, and then when it's actually come to the moment, it's a lot of money to to give out, especially when they don't earn a lot. True. What does Rachel earn, like tips? True. Well, Rachel's not having a great time at all, because not only can she not afford Ross's birthday, she's still not over the whole Ross and Julie situation. No. With a little, Julie, at the start, which I love, because obviously you can't see it in a clip, but Joey, like, kind of taps her. Well, it's, like, it's, it's, yeah, Julie doesn't come to uh, the concert, does she? She's in New Mexico. I guess, yeah. Um, maybe. Well, maybe you should have uh, arranged something for that. Or maybe she shouldn't have gone to New Mexico. I don't know. And my assumption is she, you know, her must probably work. have a special night planned when she gets back from New Mexico. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a little bit odd that she's not there for his birthday, but I'm sure there's a, a valid reason somewhere. And she's got, you know, a decent job, I suppose. Yeah. If you're off, you know, like, I mean, they, they met in China on a an archaeologist dig. If you were told, oh, do you want to go to New Mexico and dig up dinosaur bones? Mm. I'd probably be okay with skipping a partner's birthday to dig up dinosaur bones. <laughs> I feel like my, if like, my mother would understand, I'd be like, so, I can't make your birthday because I'm going to go dig up dinosaurs. I feel like <laughs> yeah. they'd be like, can I come? Like, yeah. No. <laughs> All the dinosaur bones are mine. Um, and then at the end of the clip, Chandler runs off, or Chandler Bob, as I call him in my head, <laughs> because he's pretending to be someone else, uh, runs off to an act of an evil plan. Uh, Ross hangs up to Julie, uh, and I've decided that Ross is playing the role of Jiminy Cricket and being Chandler's conscience for this episode. Okay. Basically, all he does for any time with Chandler in this episode is be the, the sense of moral reasoning. Um, and yeah, he follows him down to Central Park. And then the gang have their little chat about finances, which brings up, Mark, money in friendship groups, and it's always a terrible idea. The second this conversation starts, I'm like, nope. Well, that, that's why you have friendship groups that uh, earn as much as you do. I mean, I mean, in our friendship group, we all earn different amounts. There's not... Because you very much get the sense that between the poor trio and the rich trio, there's this huge wealth gap. Yes. Um, well, and they, they do explain it. Like, you know, uh, Joey doesn't really have a job. Mm. And if he does get it, he's not being paid well. Uh, Rachel is waitress, not really being paid well. Shift work. Yeah. Phoebe, massages. Again... Not really paid well. Some freelance in it. It yeah. happens when it happens. Whereas Ross has fancy job with dinosaurs at the museum. Yeah. So well paid. Monica has a well paid chef's job, oddly, because chefs don't normally get paid well unless you're like very high up. I suppose even if she's not that well paid, it's at least consistent. She's yeah. got a, a paycheck coming in every month. Whereas... And she's probably got Rachel giving her money for rent. Yeah. And then you have Chanda, who we know is very well paid at this point. Yep. With his weenus. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so there's there is a difference like in how they're being paid and like in our in, with our friends, uh, our shared friends, like you know the the pay gap isn't there. Well, I it's think... not like we have a wealthy one wealthy friend who's you know earning a million. Like I guess that would be the difference like between now and 1995. Yeah, is that then like a friend earning twenty thousand dollars a year. And one in sixty is a huge gap. Yeah. Whereas now that wouldn't be a huge gap today, in a sense. The the the, the wealth gap would have to be you're earning like hundreds of thousands of pounds compared to that twenty thousand pound person. 
Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is just your kind of social status and circle is a f- normally affected by your wealth. Mm. So you tend to only know people around the same kind of wealth as you. Yeah. Though I don't know, like I've, I've got, I know some friends who have got way more money and a lot of friends are way poorer than I am. But my core friendship group that I see all the time, we're all about the same. Yeah. Um, because you just to hang out in the same circles. Like if I was a millionaire, I'd be going to fancy five-star restaurants and I wouldn't probably do my own shopping, so I wouldn't have met certain people at certain <laughs> I won't hang out with you guys anymore. I am too rich for you. I'm going to get new friends and give them plastic surgery oh. to put your faces on them. Not get new friends, but I might, like, may now, like, you know, if, if you were a billionaire, you probably wouldn't have met me at all because you wouldn't have met a mutual friend at a job because you wouldn't yeah, be doing yeah. that job as them. And then you don't really interact. If I, you know, suddenly became a billionaire, that'd be different because then I'd take you all to five-star restaurants because it wouldn't matter. Or you'd probably be fed up with us and go, no, I'm not hanging out with you guys anymore. I'd be like, what is this? I'll take you to the restaurant, but I need to buy you new clothes first. You can't yeah. show me up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, these, these are my valets. <laughs> I don't know them. I'm doing charity work. That's <laughs> why they've all got wooden yes. gloves on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's a very awkward thing to ever discuss, to be fair. Um, but they do talk about how it's awkward and you can't always bring up finances when people suggest the plan. Yeah. And if it is for a, a birthday, you can't really say anything. No. Especially when, you know, it sounds like you've already agreed to it at some point. Yeah, especially when if it, it's going to, if it's buying presents, that's one thing. And some people are judgmental, like Rachel is. Yep. Uh, but when it's a, you know, we're all doing the same thing, it's a bit more difficult to get out of. I also don't understand what it's Ross means. But the justification of it's Ross, I'm like... It's, it's like, yeah, it's our best oldest friend. You know, we got to do this for him. Like, we'll do it for you guys. It's not like it's Gumpho, I guess. Well, Phoebes, as always, is the group outlier, I guess, yeah. in terms of the, the friend. So Monica isn't going to mind spending the money because it's her brother. Mm-hmm. It's Chandler's oldest friend, so that checks out. You assume that Ross... And Joey have hung out a fair bit since Joey and Chandler knew each other because he's the but, but not, best friend. Yeah, but only for like, what, a year or so? Yeah. And then you've got Rachel who is aware, you know, it's Ross's... Uh, well, she, she's known Ross, like, for a long time, but, yeah, but uh, he's, he's just random bloke to her. I've known some of time. my sister's friends for 20 years. I wouldn't buy them a £62. Pound no. Um, but again, she's currently all, you know, in love with Ross so maybe she wouldn't mind spending a bit more but yeah I don't know I just find find it a bit odd that the justification is it's Ross when that doesn't really seem to hold much weight to me as a justification other than it just sounds like it's an emotional guilt thing of like yeah but it's Mark and it's like well yeah like yeah we should change the cost yeah especially as they haven't done uh, our pros and cons list for each of the friends yet they haven't which we done on our patreon that's a bonus episode you can check out yeah speaking of our patreon of certain things that come up monica comes home in a dreadful outfit okay. absolutely atrocious she looks like she works in a vegas casino that's owned by the mob like it's just it's horrible this horrible pantsuit looking monstrosity and i've just literally sat there thinking what were the costume designers thinking why is she wearing this she looks horrible i don't care about her promotion anymore go buy a new clothes <laughs> she could have came home in a uniform yeah i didn't notice this at all yeah i did i hate it um, but she comes home with the news that she's been promoted to head chef and it's now head of purchasing, which I was kind of like, that's a weird thing to give to a chef. But then at the same time, no chef, probably... chef, a good chef should be the one purchasing all the food and knowing what they're doing with it. Yeah. So like, if you are going to cook it, you want to know that you're getting good stuff. If, if you've watched kitchen nightmares, you would know all this because you would see that when the, the owner 
besides what food is being bought and how and whatever, the food that's made is terrible generally. Like, trust your chef to do everything. And I've only seen the odd episode. If I'm going to watch reality telly, I always like Undercover Boss. Yeah, Undercover Boss is very good. That's my go-to show. Um, but she wants to celebrate someplace nice, which probably means expensive. Well, yeah, but whenever you want to celebrate, you want to go someplace nice. You don't want to go to somewhere boring or you've been to a lot of times, right? Uh, I mean, I'll pretty much go to Nando's for any occasion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was, I was in a steakhouse recently um, called Cannibal Royale. Oh, don't invite me. It was on holiday, I was abroad. You weren't around. Um, but I was there and there was like several tiers of steak and the American steak was like 20 euros and then it kind of went up and there was a, a Dutch steak that's supposed to be like amazingly good. It was 85 euros just for the steak. That doesn't include the sides, it was yeah. just the steak. And I was like, oh my God, next time I come here, I'm having one of those steaks. So you had the 20 euro one. Oh, I had the 20 euro steak. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't prepared for an 80 euro steak. Plus... Be awful if I'm like in the person I'm with having a twenty dollar steak, and I'm like, oh, we'll get myself an eighty dollar steak. <laughs> well, I've never really found the more you pay for like, especially meat, I don't really find like there's, there's much difference quality. Like generally, the the quality difference comes down to how they actually cooked it rather than the actual meat itself. I think there's a, a sliding scale where the more expensive something gets, the more you'll notice the difference. So the, the, the range and price bench, basically. So if you've got, if you go to somewhere like a spoon, which is like a random chain pub in yeah. the UK, and the steak's a tenner, a steak up to 40 quid is probably going to taste about the same. Yes, yeah. Whereas I would expect that $80 steak or £80 steak or the, like, the Japanese Wagyu steak, I would expect to taste the difference. And I'd be super upset if I'd paid 80 euros for a steak and it tasted like a weather spoon steak. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But, but, I think but I think that comes down to generally the cooking, really. Like, meat's meat at the end of the day. Now, if they said they added loads of stuff onto it, that's a little bit different. But also, generally, when you go to places that are more expensive, you're paying, you're paying for the atmosphere more. Yeah, but, I mean, I disagree. Because, like, if you look at the quality of pork that goes into a sausage and then compare that to, like, a shoulder of pork... Very different different cuts of meat. They are. But at the same time, a lot of people say like the cheap one is actually the nice, nicer taste in wine than the one that's been aged for like 50 years. I'm going to say that's because they don't know what they're drinking. <laughs> Potentially. Because. I, I think that, I think there's a lot of pretense like both both sides. Like, oh, it's old, so it must be worth like no. I mean, I know very little about wine. Um, and my favorite wine is a red wine from the Loire Valley. And it's like four euros a bottle. Yeah. And I've had more expensive wine I bought in the UK and couldn't stand it. Um, so maybe. But so, I guess my thoughts with this is like, if you're having burger and chips, well, like chips are chips. Like you can't really make them any better apart from what you add on top of them. Because it's just potato at the end of the day. And a burger is just a burger. Like how do you mess up a burger? Same with steak. Like it's hard to, to mess up a steak unless you over or undercook it compared to what you prefer. But I don't, I don't see the price difference really changing the food that much. So, oh, Mike, you'll have to come with me and have an eighty-five euro steak. Done. I'm coming with you if you buy me an eighty-five euro. I'm not paying for your steak. <laughs> Our Patreon can pay for us. <laughs> yeah. We'll have a special episode of Is this the food? Yeah, please join <laughs> the Patreon so you we can afford eighty-five pound steaks. <laughs> we want to spend one hundred and seventy euros. I, I, on steak. I'm going to make it clear we're not we're not spending Patreon money on eighty-five pound steaks. <laughs> We like the government. It's like <laughs> yeah. cor- corruption and sleaze. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, like going somewhere nice generally means the atmosphere and that changes it as well, really. Which is funny because the place they go 
doesn't really live up to that expectation. But we'll get to that later on. Yeah. We now join Bob and Jiminy, or Chandler and Ross, as they're actually called, at Central Park, watching an uncomfortable-looking Jade wait for the real Bob. And I really, 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 really feel sorry for Jade at this point. Imagine how awful it must feel to just sit there waiting and the person doesn't arrive. Like I've never been stood up, mostly because I don't date much. <laughs> but it's such a lame thing to do. At least have the dignity and like the, the courage to call them and go, you know what, I'm not coming. <laughs> how could he do this? Call the place. She's meeting Chandler. No, but in like in theory, not like Bob. Like, oh, obviously okay. Bob isn't deliberately standing up, yeah. Jade. Because but like in general, standing someone up is an awful thing. Yes, to okay, do. okay. And yeah. when you said how, like, how would he do that? I assumed you meant it's the nineties. They've not got mobile phones. But if you can't make it, just call Central Park and be like, "You're Gunther. Uh, tell, look for Jade and tell her that I can't make it." Yeah. And then at least she's not just you know stood waiting around. Exactly. I mean, how long do you wait? Because some people like you are always late. <laughs> I would say. Maybe that's why you've never been stood up because you're the one who's accidentally standing people up, yeah. I don't know, I think if I'm... I don't know. If you're waiting for a friend, essentially, what I'll probably like two hours, I'll wait. I'll get a cup of tea and chill. If I'm waiting for a date, for some reason in my head, pride comes onto the line and I wait 30 minutes and I go... Yeah, I guess it's how well you know them. I mean, it's it's 2021 now, so if... If, I've, if I'm at a venue and I'm supposed to be meeting someone there at nine and she and hasn't arrived by half nine or hasn't texted me or messaged me, I'm going. Yeah. I guess you probably would message first. Like, after five minutes, you'd be like, here now. Well, not and five. You, no, you would probably message, like, five minutes past. You'd be like, I'm here now to see what the response is back. Like, oh, I'm going to be late or whatever. Or like, I'm here too, but I'm the other side of the bar. I didn't know. I feel like I'd have a point. And if I haven't heard anything by the time I finish my point, that's when I'd, I'd right. call them. I don't do texts. Okay. Well, I do, but no, no, if I want a definitive answer, I'm not going to text you because I know what I'm like at replying to text sometimes. So if I want, especially if I'm out and I'm dressed nice in a restaurant waiting, yeah. I'd be like, right, okay, I'm just going to call her because I'm like, oh, yeah, hi, I'm at the restaurant where you're at and oh, I'm stuck in traffic or whatever. But I feel like, especially in 2021, if it gets to past the point you're meant to be meeting and you've not heard anything, they're yeah. probably not coming. No. Like, you know what the deal is. And you know, you, you don't want the, the bus boys and that taking bets on if you're going to cry. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> But uh, Bob hasn't arrived, obviously, because he's not coming. But Chandler is there, and uh, he makes a little move. I'm telling you, you can't do this. Oh, come on. I can never get a girl like that with conventional methods. <laughs> that doesn't matter. She wanted to call Bob. No, hey, for all we know, Bob is who she was meant to be with. You may be destroying two people's chance for happiness. We don't know Bob. <laughs> Okay, we know me. We like me. Please let me be happy. Go over there and tell that woman the truth. All right. Go. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Listen, I have to. Um, <clears throat> I have to. I have to confess something. Yes. Whoever stood you up is a jerk. How did you? I don't know. I just had this weird sense, you know, but that's me. I'm weird and sensitive. <laughs> Tissue? Thanks. Oh, you keep the pack. I'm all cried out today. Well, he did it. 
You went ahead with the plan. I don't think he was going to. Yeah, you I, mean? I think at the start he was like gonna maybe maybe come out of it. Either say he was Bob or just like say like sorry, but then just kind of naturally fell into it. I mean, you're there, you're talking to her, you're making yes. like, I mean, yeah, it'd be difficult to pull out. I do like it when Russ is trying to be, you know, Jiminy Cricket and telling him he's got to do the right thing. And <laughs> so we don't know, Bob, we know me. <laughs> you like me? Please let me be. I just remember we like that. I'm like, well, yeah, fair. Like, screw oh, Bob. I mean, I mean, Chandler is overly confident at this point. Like, he's never been this confident with a woman before or since. I mean, my, my guess would be that he's making some kind of weird assumption about the fact that she made a drunk, naked phone call. Um, maybe. So maybe she's at a point where she's you know, quite in need of romance. Yeah, but he, he's not the type of guy that, that tries to go after women who, who look like they're in a vulnerable state, I guess. I mean, that made it sound vaguely predatory. Um, but I know what you mean. But at the same time, you know, if the goalie's not in the crease, take the shot. I know, like, but I, it's, it's just not Chandler's MO, is it? Like, Chandler is the type of guy who, if you saw a woman crying, he'd be like, hey, you you doing okay? Like, can I get you some tissues, whatever? He's not the type to turn it into a chat-up line. I mean, he's bad at chatting up women anyway. He is. He, he just doesn't have that confidence, but here, he's just... something. Something's happened. He's, he's hit his head or something. <laughs> it's be, be, a weird alt version of yeah, Chandler. Yeah, because he's, he's just way overly confident. I mean... Yeah, I kind of agree. As much as I, I enjoy the episode and enjoy the, the kind of madness that it is. It, yeah, it doesn't seem very channelery, to be fair. No. But, you know, he manages to make it work. He does. I mean, you know, he gets chatting to her. Um, she seems somewhat receptive. Very, some of the stuff he says is very weird. Like, the parts that are Chandler, how awfully is it doing? Like, the actual plan isn't Chandler at all. No. But you keep the pack, I'm more cried out for today. It's such a lame Chandler <laughs> yes, thing to say. Yes. It's like... <laughs> What what kind of impression? I don't get the sense. No, like that... what woman is like? Oh wow, you're so manly. Yeah, like I don't know who would find that endearing. No. But at the same time, a woman who makes drunken, naked phone calls about wanting to hook up for one last time, I don't really think she'd be particularly receptive to. I'm all cried out for today. <laughs> no, but who knows? No, for the sake of plot, it works. <laughs> now, we then join the gang, Mark, at some place nice. We do. It's, that's not the place name. Maybe, maybe someone should call their place someplace nice. Someplace nice. We'll get someplace. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea, to be fair. We call it someplace nice. Um, where was the last place you went that was someplace nice, Mark? It's probably when... I don't know. It must be some, somewhere we've been to. I did hear about a place the other day that's in Wales. Right. don't know why I put an accent on I said Wales. <laughs> um, and essentially, you get 30 courses... And it's like very Japanese inspired, but you have all different types of food and it's like a six month waiting list. Okay. And I've been meaning to tell you all about it and I keep forgetting. So I'll do it now. Um, but it sounds very cool, but we need to find out, you know, how long the waiting list is and all go. I'm assuming it's someplace nice and very expensive. Yeah. Um, well, yes. Yeah, so someplace nice for me is somewhere above a Nando's, but probably below a Milo and Carter steakhouse. Fair. Like, like nice. Like, I guess a lot of people would probably be like, oh, it needs to be a London restaurant where, you know, if you're not spending £100 on your meal, then what's the point? Whereas to me, you know, it's, it's going to be somewhere that's a bit nicer inside, but actually the food's still reasonably priced. Yeah, someplace nice to me conjures the idea that they've overcomplicated every dish for the sake of overcomplicating it. Okay, so yeah, you're, you're thinking like Gordon Ramsay, celebrity chef style place then. Yeah, like, oh, here's, here's this like 
twist on a traditional yeah. dish and it's like well I want egg and chips <laughs> but what you've done is put the eggs and chips in the blender frozen it solid and served it inside a duck's beak and I'm just like what is this I'm so confused or when you get the plate of food and go is there going to be some food on this plate oh that speck of dirt there is the food yeah, okay. what, what is this just, just no but Ross tries to attempt a toast and Monica keeps interrupting and at one point to show off her beeper yep now, nothing dates a TV show like Technology Mark. We've discussed beepers before and in the, the like Ross episode. Yeah. Um, but it's just weird to me that I forget that Friends is a 90s show. Even with the fashion. Because unless it's like a 1980s show or a period piece, sometimes it's difficult to necessarily date a show from the fashion. Well, in the 90s, you basically wore jeans and T-shirts and it's what we wear now. Like, 90s fashion is very similar to now in a lot of ways. Compared yeah. to, like, 80s were bell-bottoms and vibrant hippie colours or whatever going yeah. on. Like, you don't don't get that. Yeah, I feel like from 90s, basically, onwards, fashion's not over, or at least mainstream fashion isn't very distinct. No. Um, you know, like it's, I, you know, I, guess, I guess fashion kind of has splintered off into lots of different genres, and we all kind of just muddle together now. Yeah. Like, Whereas in the 80s, like, you wore the 80s clothes, otherwise you stood out a lot. Yeah. Whereas, you know, unless you go into the Met Gala, it's not really, not yeah. really gives a cares what you're wearing at the minute. But yeah, just technology really dates to friends at times. Like the lack of mobile phones, a beeper. Like some of our listeners are probably not old enough to even really know how beeper works or understand the function. So go and listen to the previous episode. Yeah, we explain it all. But. Which is the one where uh, Ross's baby has been born. It is. Or a big jumbo. Yeah, great episode. Um, but yeah, so we've mentioned them before, so there's no to, I guess, reach around. The waiter comes over at someplace nice and then asks the gangs what they like to order. And the poor kids explain that they haven't looked yet. And then we get my joke, Mark. Go on. Get my joke. All right, all right, right, right. Let's go for it then. My joke. My joke. Uh, so they said, the way it's not, and he says, well, when you do, just let me know. I'll be right over there on the edge of my seat. It's so incredibly snarky and I love it. I hate it. I hate him. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why this waiter at like a posh restaurant has come over and then just like been really kind of horrible to, to the people there, considering he's working on tips as well. And at a fancy place, you expect the waiter to, to be better than that? Well, my only assumption is that he's normally nice, but because he looks at, the, they're at some place nice and the gang don't fit in at some place nice. So, I think he's looking down at them. Yeah, so he's being a bit stuck up and snarky it's, it's, because he can get away with it because who are they? They're not important. They're these poor people that are in his nice restaurant. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he's proven right, isn't he? But Yeah, but it just makes me chuckle. It's just, it's so needlessly snarky. It's just, it's borderline horrible. I would be complaining to the manager. I'd yes. be in full shower mode at this point. Yeah, because um, I would understand if things had been said beforehand, but he just comes across straight away, just on edge like that. I mean, I mean, we've worked in, in retail slash service things in the past, Mark, and surely you can relate to the frustration of attempting to do your job and customers being unhelpful. You can be, but I don't, as soon as someone walks in, unless you're having like, a, you'd have to have a massively bad day to take it out on the first person you meet. I guess. Like, I, I've never had a time where I just come out right sarky to the first person I met, because I don't know how that, they're going to react to that. I mean, I kind of relate to them a little bit. Like, people will ask me to pick up things from work for them. And they give me so few details in the request that I end up having to ask them like 95 questions. But that's fine because you've had that interaction. Whereas if I walked into somewhere and went, hi, Ryan, and you just went, oh, what is it that you would want now then? Like, you know, that, that hasn't been justified at that point. No, he's, he's not getting a tip from me. No. But 
I still find him entertaining. Even if I wouldn't want service from him, I'd like to laugh at what he said from the next table while a good waiter serves me. Yeah, no, I, d- I don't like him at all. But the poor guys finally look at the menu and everything is expensive. And as I've mentioned, probably every episode, food in New York is really expensive. You keep saying that. It's not. It was. I found it barbaric. I expect food to be expensive at sports venues. Like chicken tendies and fries at the Rock are worth every cent because, you know, it's a whole vibe. But food in general in New York seemed really expensive to me. You went to the tourist places and you probably went to the tourist restaurants. I didn't. I went to, we went to a place called Burger that had like all of the consonants taken out. Yeah, oh, yeah, that does not sound like a fancy place. And then <laughs> we went to Burger Heaven. Like we went to a bunch of places that like they're not on, they're not in Times Square. They're just random restaurants we found from walking around after a meander. And it just seemed, everything you, seemed very expensive. Nah, you, you didn't go to the right places. I feel like you went to some dive places on a corner where it's a slice of pizza for a dollar. I did do that. Yeah. That, that was good. <laughs> like, that was good. No, like, the, it depends where you go. It's, a, it's the same with any major city. Like, you might not think you're in a tourist place, but you actually probably were in a tourist area still. So it's going to be more expensive. If you're going to a burger place where they're taking out all the vowels, then, yeah, of course it's going to be a bit fancy and try to be a bit different, right? It was um, to me, it's tasty. You basically need to know a, know a local that goes, yeah, like, that is the expensive place. Yeah. Same with like Shake Shack or whatever. It's like you need to go around the corner here and that place there where they've got like a sign that, you know, doesn't really stand out compared to the other places, but it's actually great inside and cheap and whatever. It's fair. There was a restaurant in the middle of nowhere that my friend Heather, who's a local, took us to. That was really good. And then the second best meal I had while I was there was in Chick-fil-A, which I didn't expect. Okay. Random, random chain restaurant, but still. But Chandler finally arrives and uh, Ross has some questions for him. About why is Jade suddenly leaving messages on Ross's answering machine? <laughs> well, why is that? Because he's now complicit. I'd be upset. Because <laughs> think about it, it's not like Ross is single. Yeah, so now Ross is complicit in Chandler's scheme of dating Jade as Chandler when he pretended to be Bob. It's very convoluted. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I just kind of feel bad for, for Ross because imagine if Julie gets home. And here's some, like, half-naked, drunken message from Jade. That's what, what has Ross been doing while I'm away? Yeah, so, Ross, do you call yourself Bob? Yeah. So, yeah, I get, I get Ross's point there. Like, why is this woman leaving messages on? But then Chandler's logic is pretty sound. I can't give her my number because she thinks my number is his Bob's number and so I have to give her your number. <laughs> and I'm like, okay? I mean... It was, they, it, they, they think they know that we know we know yeah. they know we know. Yeah. I was wondering, is it, was it complicated to change your landline phone number ever or in the 90s? It's a lot think, of effort to go for to keep a lie from a woman, but still. Yeah, I think it, it was. Yeah. You had to have a good reason to, to change it. I mean, it was an unreliable system. At times it would cross lines and you'd, you'd pick up the phone and you'd be like, yeah. I haven't dialed this number. Why is someone randomly talking to me? Yeah. This is confusing. Um, but the sneaky plan chat is interrupted by Snarky Waiter, who returns with a, do I dare ask? <laughs> And I'm getting some proper Nathan Lane, Nathan Lane vibes from this dude, which is great. Everyone should have Nathan Lane. Who, who, who's Nathan Lane? Who's Nathan? Oh, good God. He's a very over-the-top actor. He's star of Broadway. He was in The Producers with Matthew I, I probably know who he is if I saw him. He's but... in Modern Family. He plays Pepper. Okay. Uh, he's in The Birdcage. He's, he's in about a million. He's very dramatic in camp, um, but he's absolutely hilarious. Like, if I was going to spend the day with a celebrity, I'd, well, I'd pick Hayley Steinfeld. But <laughs> <laughs> after that, it would be Nathan Lane. He's so funny. It's just, yeah, you should check him out. You'll okay. recognise him the second you see him. There. Uh, he also voices Timon in The Lion King. Oh, okay, okay. The there, we, there we go. Not the terrible, yeah, yeah, yeah. terrible live-action one. Yeah. Well, live-action one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Snarky Waiter's back. And the gang order some food. 
Do I dare ask? Yes, I'll start with the corpaccio, and then I'll have the grilled prawns. That sounds great. Same for me. And for the gentleman? Yeah, I'll have the Thai chicken pizza. But hey, look, if I get it without the nuts and leeks and stuff, is it cheaper? <laughs> You'd think, wouldn't you? <laughs> Miss? Okay, I will have the uh, side salad. And what would that be on the side of? I don't know. Why don't you just put it right here next to my water? And for you? Um, I'm going to have a cup of the cucumber soup and um, take care. I will have the uh, Cajun catfish. Anything else? Yes, how about a verse of Killing Me Softly? <laughs> You're going to sneeze on my fish, aren't you? So, I feel like I'm going to cause an argument from you. Okay. When when Joey said, you know, if I like take st- some stuff off the pizza, will I will it be cheaper? And he's like, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Like, I feel like both both of us agree that yeah, it should be cheaper. Yeah, it should be cheaper. <laughs> I mean, this is why whenever like a, a new burger place will open in in the city, and then let's go to this burger place, and I'm like, nope. And immediately it was like, what am I? Because I don't want to pay £17 for a burger that I've asked them to take £750 worth of the ingredients off. Well, you say that, but like the ingredients literally cost them pennies each. So you're taking that lettuce leaf off and that tomato off doesn't, doesn't discount it enough where you would make any saving. No, but in, in principle, it annoys me. Yes, if, yeah, if I get that. If this burger has eight ingredients and I'm asking you to take six of them off, it's, all I want is the meat and the bread. Well, it's why I like Five Guys, because you go in there and you just get the basic burger and you have to add the stuff on that you want. And so, they charge extra for that, depending on like how many toppings you want. Same with like pizza, I guess, where you get your two free toppings. If you want more, you pay more. Fair. I think that's fine. Uh, except for Five Guys, it's really expensive in the UK. It is really expensive. And it's not worth the cost. It's not. No, it's not worth that at all. Um, so yeah, I, 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 totally, I totally get where Cherry's coming from there. One thing, there's a notable difference in obviously what all the gang order, except no one seems to notice the difference. Like if we went out for a meal and you were like, I'll have the cup of soup and that's it. I'm like, Mark, well, why aren't you ordering food? I, I remember when we went out for uh, a new Mexican place, which was all right. And most of you didn't order any of the Mexican food. You want to take it all out. Can yeah. I can I have the uh, the burrito, please? But without the stuff in there. I mean, I did what I always do and basically went, I'll have the chicken, yeah. <laughs> the spicy chicken yeah. with the thing. Um, but yeah, but at least, but at least I ordered a, a whole meal. If I just ordered a side, you'd surely be like, Ryan, why have you only ordered a side? Yeah, pretty much. and that's fine. Like if you go, like sometimes I order just a couple of sides because I don't want a main meal. Yeah, but it, it depends how you feel. But but I mean, even if, like, not that you'd be wrong in doing so, but I'd still ask the question. Yeah. If you ordered two sides and no main, I'd be like, why don't you have a main mark? And you'd be like, oh, I'm not hungry. I'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's fair enough. Right? But I'd still bring it up. But when a, um, I was going to say a restaurant, when, when a server comes up to you and is like, hi there, you know, I'm Mark, I'll be your server. I want you to next time say, hi there, I'm Ryan and I'll be your customer. <laughs> and see how they react. <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel sorry for table staff um, because it's, it's such a thankless task, really. Um, you have to put up with so much stuff. Either people going, oh, it's my friend's birthday. Like, can you go and do extra stuff for me now? I was telling someone the other day about when we went to... Where did we go for my... Miller and Carter. We went to Miller and Carter. It's the second time that's been referenced. It is. Uh, Sponsor us. Sponsor us. (laughs) Give me a free stick. (laughs) Um, And we were there, and it was my birthday. And you guys wanted to do the whole Christmas... Christmas? Birthday cake. 
and you know sing happy birthday embarrassing thing that everyone does yeah. and i didn't want it to happen because it's embarrassing and lame but because our friend chris had been was late i was like no we'll just do it to chris instead because it'll be funny when he arrives yeah. like we said and then that's what we did and it was hilarious and he was very confused yeah he had no idea what was going on but i mean that kind of stuff i'm like why have i got to do that it's annoying like we went to hooters once in new york for my ex's birthday and all of the staff put like knives and forks in a cup and like stood around us in a semicircle and like clapped and bounced up and down while singing some weird variation of happy birthday yeah and other than being vaguely mesmerized <laughs> it's just kind of like imagine getting paid to do this why was you mesmerized there's lots of bouncy things <laughs> <laughs> it was quite funny i found hooters really odd hooters is a great place like as a as a bar that where you can eat food at it's cheap and the food is, is pretty good from the, the one i had it at and then you have these women in very tight, revealing clothing. And it doesn't match because they're not coming up to you being like, hey, darling, like, let's have some food together. And like chatting you up, they're just like, hey, what do you want to order? Cool. You want some wings? Excellent. I'll go and get you some wings. Well, what I noticed when, I, when we were there, it was me and, well, actually two friends, but two couples, basically. Yeah. So it was two blokes, two girls. So the staff were just friendly. And we're like, oh, yeah, what would you like to eat? Having a nice time. Yeah. Where are you from? Where's your accent from? What's Birmingham like? And rubbish. Um, we'd have a conversation. Yeah. But then you look at the bar, and it'd be like a bloke sat by himself. And the woman asking him what he wanted had, like, her arm on her, his shoulder. And it was a much more intimate order. Like, oh, okay, she's probably trying to get to oh, Okay, I, I didn't see that in, in the one we went to. But, it, yeah. I don't know, we were chatting to our waitress and she was basically saying like she doesn't really feel uncomfortable in what she's wearing because it's basically shorts on a tank top it's not that revealing no but I, and I also think the people that go to work there are, are comfortable working there mm -hmm. you wouldn't apply if you didn't feel comfortable dressing like that or acting like that well I mean I was asking like do you ever get like you know like lewd people or people that you know just across the line she yeah. was like yeah and the security from out on the road yeah. and I was like oh okay it's not the kind of place you went Obviously, I guess to be in a British person, there are some hooters in the UK, but not many. There's one. There's the one now. There's the one. It's in Nottingham, isn't it? Yep. I only know because that's where we went to play hockey once. So right. It's like, there's a hooters. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's got that vibe because when we left hooters, the second time we went, there was a family coming, like a mum, dad, and a boy who was like 12. And he's always like falling out of his head <laughs> at this point. But it's, like, if that, it's the kind of place where Americans are like, oh, I'll take our 12-year-old son for a family snack. Uh, after we've been to the gun range. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's clearly not the seedy kind of thing that I think Brits imagine it being. Because of No, it, that's, that's what I say. Like, if you took away the, the skimpy costumes, I think it'd be a, be a fine place to hang out and eat food. Like, it seemed... It seemed nice. They had some decent beers there. Yeah. Not, to be fair, it, it is just the skimpy costumes that are like, why are you doing this? Like, it doesn't doesn't really like either either go go lean into it almost like a gentleman's club sort of way, yeah. or don't like don't try to be this like you know oh you know you can get like nice food and family friendly service here plus a skimpy woman like it it doesn't really work. No, it was, yeah, to me it was just... Plus, I guess it depends. If you're like maybe like 16, 17, you, it might be like a, a bit of a sexual thrill to go and look at the cleavage. Whereas when you're a grown man who's not a virgin, you are just like, <laughs> that lady's in shorts on a top. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. the chicken wings <laughs> yeah. and a point. And yeah. can you turn the telly up? I'm trying to watch the hockey. Like, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. You don't really care. No, no um, exactly. But still, I don't know how we got from snarky waiter to, <laughs> to <laughs> cleavage, but we did. Um Thankfully, we don't have to suffer them eating. I can't imagine anything worse as an actor than having to eat in a scene. So I can't remember where I heard it. I heard this recently. Again, probably a podcast or YouTube where they was talking about actors. And I was going, yeah, I like it when actors actually eat. And actually, I was talking about Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, whenever he's in anything, all you see him do is eat. And that's true if you watch him in Friends, because all he does is eat. eat. And there's a, there's a famous scene in one of his films where he's eating like a watermelon but then it swaps to Sankels, 
and then it swaps back to the watermelon. It's like meant to be a uh, an error in the yeah. in the continuity of it. And basically, that the joke is like Brad Pitt just wants to eat because <laughs> that's all he ever does in films is just eat. And there's this whole scene of him just eating. Um, so it's, it's you know sometimes it is nice where the characters do it instead of just swirling the food around on their fork. And moving, moving, just moving it all around, basically. No, if I could avoid it, I would. I would. The food would arrive, and then we'd cut, and then the food would be gone, and they'd be talking. <laughs> None of the like in between meal because it just be awful. As I don't, a, I don't want to watch people eat, and no. B, as an actor, it's not going to be freshly prepared food every time, is it? You know what I mean? Not going to be like, oh, here's your seventeenth roast chicken. Yeah, it's going to be there's some food on that plate, shove in your face. I have to ask Matt LeBlanc because like he must have eaten a lot of cold stuff. Yeah, just just grim. Just sounds awful. Well, he he seemed to go for it, right? Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> me good. <laughs> me, me is good. Well, the gang are finally eaten. Uh, the poor trio uh, digging into some breadsticks. You know, they didn't really order much, and breadsticks are free. Yeah, we we don't really get like free bread at restaurants here or breadsticks. We don't get breadsticks. I've had free bread before. Um, yeah. maybe, def- maybe a fancier place. Like when I guess like the harvester. I always take. <laughs> That's not fancy. It's not fancy, but I always take advantage of the free bread. Immediately, like, I've like, nine rolls of bread before even before. Yeah, that, that's, that's your failure right there. We're like, nine rolls of bread, and then I'll go and eat all the food. Which you don't eat, because you're filled up on bread. You've met me, I eat. I've, I've, <laughs> you <laughs> can. It's on my plate, yeah. I'm eating it. Um, yeah, but anyway, they'll be in, and then Ross assumes they're going to go Dutch on the bill. What does that mean? It, well, it's a great expression, Mark, because I was in Amsterdam recently and discovered how frugal the Dutch can be. Um, so it essentially means that you take the total cost of the meal and divide it between all the people who you're with. So if there's six of you, you can split the bill six ways. Now, Ross just assumes they're going to do that. But while I was in Amsterdam, we're going to the pub, and I was warned by a friend that the Dutch don't do rounds. Now, for the uneducated, I guess, or those that haven't been to Britain, in Britain, there's a traditional pub alcohol system. If you arrive at the pub and you buy a round, which is basically yourself a drink and everyone you're with a drink. And then the next time a drink's needed, someone else will buy a round. And I don't know why we do it. It's just a weird colloquial tradition thing that you buy a round. And it's definitely seen as an etiquette thing. So if I was to bring a new person to a friendship group, the expectation culturally would be Barry buys a round. I I feel like it's not always expected. So like if you're an American coming out to the UK, don't expect to like always buy a round. Not every group does that. No, it, I guess it's dying out a bit as, as yes. the generations, but I, I still like it. I think it's, it's, to me, it's a nice way of sharing an introduction and sharing a point. So if I meet new people, I'm always like, what are you having? Because to me, it's a nice breaker. It's, I've bought you a drink. I want your company and attention. Yeah. Let's enjoy the drink we've bought and then you return the favour. My, uh, my only issue with, with rounds is one, like if, if I'm not ordering an alcoholic drink, then I'm paying a lot more than what I'm getting back out, right? Well, no, because it's a round. So the issue you get with rounds and the way people play the system is they'll change what they're having based on whose round it is. Yeah. So if I'm having a round, I'll probably want a point of some kind of ale. That's basically the same cost every time we go around. Yeah. However, when it's my round, if that's what I buy and then it gets to your round and I go, oh, I'll have a cosmopolitan cocktail that's now £9. Yeah. That's when you get a bit of a, a disparity. Normally a round would be you'd have the same thing you've been having all night. Yeah. It's only when people start to try and play the system and suddenly when it's not their round, they drink their having twice the price. Yeah. My biggest issue, though, is actually just trying to get the drinks back from the bar. <laughs> yeah, you always have to have a helper. Yeah. Someone, someone Ho- needs to Hopefully. Um, but yeah, but the Dutch don't do this, apparently. So I was warned that if I bought a round, don't sit there and wait for someone else to do it, because it won't happen. They'll all just <laughs> go up to the bar individually and bring stuff back, and I'll be sat there like a mug going, where, where, Where's my free drinks? Yeah, where's my drinks? <laughs> um, I spent £50. 
It, it kind of makes sense because I guess Europe has a different relationship with alcohol than we do. We yeah. drink a lot more heavily in Britain than the rest of Europe. Um, so I guess it's kind of like, well, if you don't buy well, rounds, if you buy five out round and then there's five rounds of war, everyone's having five drinks. Well, yeah, exactly. well, that's the point, isn't it? Everyone's sitting there and they're, they're all drinking to like the sort of same pace. Well, I guess if you're more casual, you probably don't want to, to be on the round system. Yeah, if you any, if you probably go, go out and I'll have two drinks a night and that's it. Yeah. Well, you've already had how many drinks been? If you're the last person in the round yeah. and there's six of you, you've already had five drinks yeah. before it's even your round. Yeah. So... I guess, but yeah, I was explained. But that essentially just means the Dutch are frugal or tight, depending on how you want to phrase well, it. They they also do that with with food. Uh, so normally they will eat, you know, normal meals throughout the week, and then at the end of the week they will get all the leftovers, put them all together, cook it all again together, and then enjoy it again. Now to to a British palate or even Western, I guess you'd probably go, "That's absolutely disgusting," especially the the food the Dutch generally eat. Um, it's much more like plant based, so right. so you've got cabbage that's being recooked again. Nope. Uh, I I have been warned like you won't you won't enjoy any of the food we have on like the Sunday because it's literally the week's worth of food all put together and recooked. It sounds awful. Yep. Where's my Sunday roast? But 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 they they enjoy it. So my friend who lives in Amsterdam constantly complaining that they don't really do Sunday roasts. Mm. So I'll be like, oh, I haven't. I was just sitting down for my Sunday roast, and they're like, oh, I really want one, and I'm like. Cook your own. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't bring you a Sunday <laughs> no. roast. But uh, I, I would miss it, I think, if I if I left the UK. I like having my Sunday roast. You can just get a chicken and potatoes. It's better when someone else cooks it, isn't it? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it's the best part of a Sunday yeah. roast is you don't cook it and you don't have to do the dishes. No. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Going Dutch in this context means they're all going to split the bill. Um, and the poor trio, Phoebe... I just said Ross, Rossy Bridge. Phoebe, <laughs> Rachel, there we go, get yeah. the R right. And Joey, a bit upset, especially Phoebe at this point, because... They've not ordered the same amount, and this is the problem. We've split in the bill. Yes, and we've we've had that with friends who want to to split bills in weird ways. And you're like, hang on, you know, he's not not drinking. He's not drinking because he's driving. He only ordered something small. You ordered like two meals, four sides, five cocktails. Like, you've all got to have a similar like price threshold for it to work. Or do lots of meals where it evens out eventually. And I think that's the, the key point. Yeah, well, I remember once that it was you, myself, and one of our friends went out, and it was during Eat Out to Help Out in Britain, which was like a, a post-COVID Let's measure. get everyone back to the restaurants again as quickly as possible to spread more COVID. Yeah, so basically all food was like half price, wasn't it? And we'd been out, and we'd ordered, ordered what we'd ordered, and then decided, oh, we'll just split the bill. And I'd had, we'd all had similar meals, but I had a cocktail, Chris had a cocktail, and you had a Pepsi. So we've worked out that we've split the bill, and then 10 minutes later, you've gone, hang on, how did I just pay the actual cost of my meal <laughs> yeah. when we split the bill and worked out? Yeah, without the discount that they, the government yeah, offered. The yeah. discount didn't apply to the booze. No. So we ended up having to send you some cash because it was unfair to make you pay for an alcohol. <laughs> but yeah, we've, yeah, splitting the bill with food is always. A tough one, especially if you've got a friend who likes to order more. I, I want to do the card thing where you'll put your cards in the bowl and get the waiter to pull one out. See, that needs to be suggested after everyone's ordered and not before because it's the risk and reward then, isn't it? Because I yeah. might then go, instead of that $20 American steak, I might want that 85 euro steak. <laughs> yeah. Just be like... Is, is that you gambling? It's like 1 in 6. <laughs> like, yeah. But then surely like everyone would be like, well, it's 1 in 6, so yeah. I'll order some expensive too. Yep. And then before you know it, someone's getting destroyed. Yep. There's a, I know a lot of sports teams are that, hockey teams will traditionally do that, where yeah. the whole team will go out for a meal after, after a game, and then 
normally someone's made a bonehead mistake they have to pay but yeah. they'll just pour the credit cards in addition then one person pays but they're all on multi-million i was gonna say it must contracts. be nice to be rich yeah so i'm like oh it must be fun like ah, yeah. tim had to pay it's like yeah he's, he's only getting paid 2.7 million this season yeah not really the same when you're on you know your basic yeah. job yeah <laughs> yeah where your 20 pound meal has now become 200 pound yeah like nope no thanks but uh, the gang then get into the cucumber mush of the situation and the whole thing is really uncomfortable and let's be honest, it's a bit ridiculous. There's no one should ever have to feel inferior because of how much they make. How about we'll each, we'll each just pay for what we had, okay? It's, it's no big deal. Huh, not for you. <laughs> Alright, what's going on? <clears throat> okay, look, you guys, I really don't want to get into this right now. I think it'll just make everybody uncomfortable. Oh, fine. Alright, alright, you're fine, alright. Whoa, whoa, You can tell us. Yeah, hey, hello, it's us, alright? Uh, we'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> okay. Um, uh, we three feel like that um, <coughs> sometimes you, you guys don't get that. Uh, <coughs> <coughs> we don't have as much money as you. I hear you. We can talk about that. Well, then. Let's. Well, um, I, I guess I just never think of money as an issue. That's because you have it. That's a good point. <laughs> so, um, how come you guys haven't talked about this before? Because it's always something, you know, like with Monica's new job or the whole Ross's Birthday hoopla. What? <laughs> Whoa, hey, I don't want my birthday to be the source of any kind of, of negative... Th th there's gonna be a hoopla? Basically, there's the thing, and then there's the stuff after the thing, and right. it's... If it makes anybody feel better, then we can just forget the thing, and, and we'll just do the gift. Gift? gift. The, the thing's not the gift? <laughs> No, the thing was, we were going to go see Hootie and the Blowfish. Hootie and... Oh, my... I, I, I can catch them on the radio. No, now I feel bad. You want to go to the concert, No. So. Look, hey, it's my birthday, and the important thing is that we all be together. All of us. Together. Not at the concert. Yeah, it's awkward. It is awkward. And uh, it, after that awkwardness, Mark, I think now's a good time for a break. That sounds good. We can recover from the awkward. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content, such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, on our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls. We're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. It's time to tap in with the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. The stunning HyperX Quadcast S features dynamic, customizable RGB lighting, 
a convenient tap to mute sensor, and four selectable polar patterns. So we can broadcast crystal clear audio, whether you're gaming, streaming, podcasting, or impressing your remote colleagues and classmates. So what are you waiting for? Join the Quad Squad and tap in today with the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. Hi, we have a podcast where we go to Podford University, a fake college where you- Wait, 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 it's fake? Yeah, what? I just paid tuition. I, same, I did too. What, to who? Uh, well, uh, well, we're doing the ad. I, let me finish. Find Podford University, available wherever podcasts are sold and on the HyperX Podcast Network. Watching Friends is part of the HyperX Podcast Network. HyperX are our sponsor and the maker of the acclaimed Quadcast and Quadcast S microphones. Quadcast USB mics look and sound amazing and they're packed with features. With four selectable polar patterns, you'll get great sound no matter what you're recording. The included shock mount and pop filter mean you won't have to shell out extra cash for a great setup. Then there's the eye-catching LED indicator and tap-to-mute sensor, so you can tap in and tap out to stop broadcasting accidents. It's time for you to tap in with the HyperX Quadcast and Quadcast S. It's still awkward, right? <laughs> it's still awkward. It wasn't, the break wasn't long enough. Um, but we've left the awkward restaurant, and it's the next day, and we're at the girls' apartment. And Chandler, Monica, and Ross present what they see as the perfect solution to the financial issue. Well, I don't know. Like, they could have easily kind of avoided this awkwardness by just saying, oh, we'll just pay what we each owe. Well, yeah, the, the table situation is. I guess done and dusted, they fixed that, and now it's all about Ross's birthday, Hoopla. Yeah, they didn't need to bring that up because it just won rivals at this point. Yeah, I mean, Hoopla's a great word, though, to be fair. It is, yes. It's fun to say. Um, but this is weird because essentially this massively backfires on them, and the rich people can't understand why because of, the, I guess, their more privileged position. But it starts off with this really cringy, like, scene of them stood, three of them stood in front of the, the poor guys. And this weird kind of, we're doing a show, and it's just horribly cringy and makes it a much bigger deal than it has to be. Well, yeah, because they, they you know, Phoebe goes, oh, it's like a skit. Yeah, it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny, but it is just like, what is happening? Why are you making this, this giant thing? Yeah. Because um, I mean, essentially what happens is, the Monica brings up that she's got five steaks that she got free from the new meat guy at work, and an eggplant for Phoebe, and the six Uchi and the bloat fish tickets. That are free because now the guys don't have to worry about not having enough money to go. Yeah, because we're paying for you because your charity. It's so patronising, and I, I get the intent. They're trying to be nice, and obviously they this way they don't miss out, or they don't be like, "Well, you guys don't go, and we'll go instead." Like sometimes it's nice to do things like this for your friends, but other people's feelings can can be forgotten. I guess it, it's a tough one because. I think it's mostly how it's handled because it's handled like a look what we're doing for you aren't we great kind of way yeah. and it should just be look guys we all want to go to the concert we're going to cover it how's that sound and you can get the next one yeah like offer and then let them object if they won't don't just yeah. tell them you've done it like haha small children we're in charge yeah. of all the money in the world it's just just patronising and not very nice I mean you know Chandler could have played a game of cups Yeah, could have done it that way <laughs> to give, give them some money <laughs> I don't know if that's worse or not uh, I feel that's probably I worse. I feel like Phoebes and Rachel would catch on pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> I, f I feel like Rachel would catch on 
fastest and uh, take advantage of that situation. Yes, I did definitely would. Um, no, again, it's it's super awkward when it comes to to friends and money. Um, I remember a friend that was used to be part of our friendship group, um, and we kept paying for their nights out because they didn't have as much cash as we did. So, right. oh, no, come out and we'll pay for this, and we'll buy you food, I'll buy you a pint, whatever. And then I remember being in the middle of the middle of a pub once, and they hadn't come, and we'd all paid for a fair bit of cash like out that, that month essentially for this person to come out of us and I was like man we're paying like I paid for his meal last week and you paid the week before and then we bought him some drinks like Jesus Christ like he earns about what we do wonder what's going on it was a general light hearted discussion yeah and then I get a text from that person basically saying oh I've just bought this expensive extravagant thing and I was like it was like the penny dropped for the entire group where it wasn't that they were skint they were just buying well they were skint because they were buying what they wanted and then we were subsidising the rest of their social life. So, so you could hang out. With them. I, but that was, I guess for you, it was partly you wanted them to, to be there because the alternative is they didn't go. Well, I guess it was, it was always seen, came across as, that person can't afford to come unless we pay. So between the rest of the group, we'll pay and no one minds. Yeah. But when it suddenly revealed that they could have afforded to be there, but they chose to spend money on other things instead, then I guess the group kind of resented paying for stuff. Yeah, which I think is fair. Because that was essentially like me saying, all right, guys, tell you what, next week, I'm going to go buy my comic books and then you guys can pay for my food. Yeah. And they were like, no. I'm like, that's exactly what's just happened. Yeah. Like, and they were, then it was like, oh, yeah, that's not really acceptable, no. um, which was a bit of a shock because remember on Reddit when they worked out how much joey approximately or channeling <laughs> yeah it's like, it's like like hundreds of thousands of dollars it was, wait how much have we spent in the past two years since this happened that's confusing and then yeah yeah it, it could add up to quite a bit of money especially for someone who's not earning 2.7 million per year in your contract <laughs> yeah so it's it, yeah money and friendship is also always a tough one because well my my rule is basically just don't don't share money with friends so like don't lend them money or if you are going to lend money to a friend just expect it to be gone I mean, I think you can lend money to friends in certain situations. You I mean, just, if we're talking like a fiver, that's different, right? Oh, yeah. If you're talking substantial amounts of cash, um, accurately track what you've lent them. Um, no, I, I think money comes between friendships too easily, so it's just easier to say no and not have to worry about it. I think it's context dependent. Like, if it's like, oh, I want to buy a television, will you lend me some cash? That's like, no. Why would you? Like, you don't need the television yeah. while you're doing it. Where if it's like oh, my car's just broken down, can you lend me one to get it fixed? That's different. Um, Potentially. I, I still think you need to assume that you're not seeing that money again if you value that friendship. I should say get it in writing, which sounds awkward. But but then, then you end up on, I was going to say Judge Judy, but what, what's the British equivalent? Judge Rinder. Rinder, yeah. You end up on there where, yeah, it's... Well, I, I guess you'd, you'd know the person well enough, or you'd assume you know the person well enough. I wouldn't ask to borrow money from someone. I didn't know well enough knew me well enough to know I'd pay them back. You say you say that, but there's so many times on TV where they're like, we were friends for 10 years and he lent me £50 and, you know, there's no contract, so I didn't pay it back and now we're not friends anymore. I guess it, that's just scummy people, though. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, money, you know, normally outranks friendship loyalty, I guess, in a lot of ways. I guess. For a lot, for a lot of people, it does. E- even small amounts of money. People are just like, I'd rather lose the friend than lose the £500 I have to give them back. Yeah, that's weird to me. Yeah, yeah. Someone's been kind enough to... I guess I'd only asked to borrow money off someone who I was super, super close to, so I knew it wouldn't be an issue. So It's all right, guys. You can ask Ryan to borrow some money. He's happy to lend it. <laughs> uh, I'm not. Yeah, my market. Banker Mark is closed. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, it's just it's just awkward and cringy and the whole scene's uncomfortable. The whole situation's uncomfortable. There's very little understanding shown between the group, which is rare because normally they're all quite gentle and understanding yeah. of each other. Um, but this whole thing is so mishandled by Chandler, Ross and Monica. But they eventually decide that the rich kids will go to the concert all by themselves. Well, they kind of have a, a falling out, I guess. Yeah, it's a really tame spat. It's really like yeah. snarky and snappy and almost childish. It's like, yeah, yeah, me, yeah, me, me. Well, we'll go to the concert and we'll have a great time by ourselves. It's, yeah. like, it's not a real, it's not a conversation. It's like they're suddenly six yeah. and they're like, you know, I'm taking my toys home. Yeah. It's really odd. And then. Ross, well, this one thing I find weird about this episode is it the time transitions is, are really weird. Like sometimes you get like a little here's a shot of the building guitar riff segue. Yep. Sometimes it will you know, fade to black and you got them the next day. Whereas in this it goes from like awkward conversation at the restaurant to bam we're suddenly in Monica's house in the middle of the afternoon. Then suddenly it's bam it's concert time, which we know is six hours later because when Monica storms back in the house after storming out, she's like oh it's in six hours time so I'll go later. Yeah. There's zero. There's nothing between these three scenes that actually show you the passage of time. You're just kind of supposed to assume it's passed, passed, which obviously it has. But it's not something I normally notice in an episode of Friends. Normally, the kind of transition from scene to scene and time to time is a lot better handled. Yeah, they they move scenes, or you can definitely tell like time has moved on. Whereas, yeah, in Monica's apartment, unless you're looking out the window, yeah. it's pretty difficult to tell if time has changed at all. Yeah, it was. It's, right it's, it's almost like a casino. Like, what time is it? <laughs> We're in. It's just the daytime. Um, but then Ross goes to pick up Chandler for the concert, and Chandler gives him the lowdown on the sexy times with Jade. But then the phone rings, and it's Jade still looking for Bob. Well, he he he's still uh, screening his calls. He is, which is why he comes a bit undone right now, right? I mean, it's probably the most hilarious self-esteem destroying thing that ever happens in Friends. I was awesome. Okay? She was biting her lip to stop from screaming. Wow. Now, I know it's been a while, but I took that as a good sign. <laughs> Still doing the screening thing? I had sex today. <laughs> I never have to answer that phone again. Now, babe, you know what to do. Hey, Bob, it's Jade. Listen, I just wanted to tell you that I was really hurt when you didn't show up the other day. And just so you know, I ended up meeting a guy. Bob here. Oh, hi. So, uh, you met someone, huh? Yes, yes I did. In fact, I had sex with him two hours ago. <laughs> so, uh, how was he? Eh. Eh? Oh, Bob, he was nothing compared to you. <laughs> I had to bite my lip to keep from screaming your name. Well, that makes me feel so good. It was just so awkward and bumpy. Well, maybe he has some kind of uh, new uh, cool style that you're not familiar with. And uh, maybe you have to get used to it. Well, there really wasn't much time to get used to it, if you know what I mean. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> like that, eh, is like bad enough. But that last line just just kills Chandler. Like his confidence is destroyed now. I mean, this would be bad enough to hear in general. But the fact that your best mate stood there listening to the whole thing as well. After you've been bragging about how amazing you were. Like, 
I think I think there's two things there. One, never brag about anything you're amazing at because it will always come undone at some point. Yep. And two, you never should ask anyone if it was good, whatever you do, because they will always then judge you more. Even if it's like, let's say um, you thought you was really good at tennis, and I went up to you and Did, was I good? You'd be like, well, you know, yeah, but like you're gonna be, you're not just gonna be like, yeah, it's so amazing. Well, in, to put the context, all of our friendship group told you how good I am at Halo. And then you played Halo with me and went, Ryan's crap at Halo. <laughs> yes. You overhyped this. And yeah. I was like, they, I was good at a specific Halo for a while. Not, not 20 all years Halo, ago, yeah. yeah. Not all Halo, all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, but this scene makes me think of a, a movie called Chasing Amy, which is a Kevin Smith movie. Yep. Have you seen it? Oh, I feel like I have. Essentially, the, the basic premise is that a guy falls in love with a girl. Uh, it turns out she's gay, but it turns out she's not gay. She's bi. They get together. She's got a promiscuous past and the main guy can't deal with it and it kind of wrecks their relationship um, but there's a scene near the start of the movie where one of the characters is talking about sex and how when it comes to performing certain acts men aren't very good at it and he blames women for this and he basically says that you get no encouragement or direction or feedback and you don't know what you're doing you're just down there blind just doing what you're doing and it's frustrating because if there was a little bit of communication and honesty everyone would have a much better time yep and it's true, I find this really weird that we have this like weird performance pressure when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like, Why would you assume that the person you've just met that you're sleeping with for the first time would have any idea that you like what you like, essentially? Yes. Like, I came out of a seven-year relationship and then went on the dating scene. I had no idea if the woman I was now sleeping with... Women, woman. That makes me sound awful. <laughs> <laughs> We're basically into this. Would, would re- react well to the same stuff my partner of seven years did. Yes. Likewise, they don't know what I'm into. So yeah. you just tell them. Like, it's not difficult to... Why are you not meowing yet? You should be meowing right now. That's, that's the first word you do, right? Well, yeah, it's just... It, I don't understand why you just would just assume that someone's supposed to be good at something that they've got no context for. But you wouldn't assume that if I just bumped into you straight and went, Mark, we're going to go archery. I wouldn't just assume you were going to be competent at it. No, but I guess like dancing, if someone is bad at it, well, it, it's both of you that are part of the, the routine. You tell the other person how to be better or be more in time with you, right? I guess. I mean, I guess in dancing, someone's going to lead and maybe maybe this is the same idea. But I just, I just find the weird pressure that like, yeah. oh, I slept with Chandler for the first time and he was meh. Well, may, well, maybe it's it, it might be a, an old-fashioned thing of like you know it's the man's job. He should be good at this. He should know what he's doing. But it's just it's just a weird idea to me. Like, obviously, man's the way men's brains work is like I have to be the best at everything involving yeah. sex because I'm a man and that's what society has told me I need to do. And if you're not the best, it's like when you ask about ex-boyfriends and you know you shouldn't, you don't want to know, no. but your brain has to ask because men are stupid <laughs> because there's this stupid, weird, I guess, like, like competition, dominance yeah. coming into like, I need to be the best because if I'm the best, it means I'm the best. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, depending on the honest job the person you're with is, may tell you something you don't want to hear. Yeah. Um, which is never fun, but why you ask the question in the first place? I just find it weird that she basically it's it's a source of comedy really that Chandler wasn't this woman didn't enjoy making love to Chandler given that A she was involved Chandler seemed to have a nice time yep which I guess kind of goes to show why it maybe wasn't a good time for her because if you know Chandler was focused on himself just yep. like you know we discussed Troop Baskets and Joey it may be a different experience but I just find it that it's it is kind of funny but at the same time I kind of feel I, bad for Chandler I guess yeah the, the more you look into absurd. it especially when you get like the lines like well there wasn't much time to find out you know like 
Well, how long? How long do you need? Yeah, like, well, just 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 talk. Yeah. Just, I don't like that. What the hell are you doing? Like, yeah. please don't do that again. Or, or you know, if it didn't last long enough, do it again. Do it. Yeah. Like, and were you only sleeping with him to get revenge? That's what I conduct everything. Like, but, you only slept possibly. with Chandler to get revenge at Bob. And it's like at that point, I don't think Chandler has to care what if you enjoyed it or not. No, but I. You can feel like the the gut wrenchiness of it, especially as Ross is standing there listening into everything. I mean, I promise you that if that was us and we were in that situation, mm. despite everything I've just said, I promise you, every time you asked me a question, mm. I'd well, go, eh, just just for, <laughs> for like at least two weeks afterwards, because oh, yeah, yeah. How's your food, Ryan? <laughs> I wouldn't tell anyone else about the phone call. It would just be you and I that knew. Hey, be, hang on, who's the who's having the phone call? Me or you? Well, in this instance, you because, oh, because I'd be making the joke, but I would expect the same from you. Yeah. If you, you know, if I did it around, I'd expect you to make some kind of reference to it. I, I feel like, as as fellow guys, though, like you would probably be more understanding. Like, I don't think Ross would laugh at Chandler. I think Ross would be like, "Yeah, I've been in similar situation before." Yeah, I where, mean, where you know, actually, it, it, you know, she's making it sound worse because she wants to make herself feel better or whatever. And, and people do that all the time. They're like, I had a great time with them, but later on I'm going to tell them that it wasn't as good because, you know, I want to feel better about myself or make them try harder next time or whatever. I mean, how to phrase this. Um, it's, I mean, it's difficult to do it badly, I imagine. Like, surely it's not. That. I, I, yeah, I, I guess it's hard not being a woman. Like, for, for us, how do we know what's bad and what's good? But then that this comes to my my communication. Yes, just tell exactly, them. Yeah. I'd much rather go on. You could be dating someone, and then the first time we had sex, her be like, "I don't like that. Do this. This well, is fun." I'm sure you've you've kissed someone, and then they've gone, "Oh, you do it weird, or it's a bit too wet, or whatever." Can you do this and say, "You're like, oh, I've never been told that. I will do this in future. And now I'm better." I think I'm a terrible kisser. Absolutely <laughs> awful at it. Don't know why. I just my brain just gets this like, "Why are your lips doing?" I don't know. I think I'm awful at it. Last time I kissed someone, I had some very positive feedback, and I was like, "Ooh." Well, I, oh, I, I remember at school, people used to say, like, oh, they kiss like a washing machine. <laughs> okay. Like, they're basically just going round and round, yeah, sort cool. of thing. And it's like, yeah, okay, I under- understand, like, they need to be taught not to do that or whatever. But it like, just, like, it's all a learning experience for everyone. Well, exactly, but, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, said I, the, the girl told me I was a good kisser, and I was like, oh, that's nice to hear, like, and then you just relax, and then you don't have to worry about yeah. it, and if that extended to everything physical, it would be much easier to be like, okay, you get into it. Let's just hope she's not being polite. <laughs> no, this, this person's <laughs> honest to a, not to a fault, because you can't be honest to a fault, but there'd be no sparing of feelings involved, <laughs> which I quite enjoy. Um, anyway, let's get this. Let's make this safe for work again. Uh, the Rich Trio now at the concert. Hugh and the Blowfish, someone I've never heard of or heard their music. Like I've heard the name from friends, but I don't know who they are. Yeah, I, I think they were. They're quite a big band, but maybe very American band. I think my brain wants to say they're a ska band because Hugh and the Blowfish sounds like a ska band. Mm. Maybe that's just a real big fish. I don't know. No, I, I, I don't think they're quite ska, but that kind of like not hipster. But I'm I'm trying to think of of a band. There there is like there is a band that everyone talks about who are probably very similar to this, where they're like they're very famous, but everyone's like, why does anyone like them? And it's like, well, I feel like they're that sort of band where like everyone knows their songs or whatever, but you're like, why does anyone like them? More like Nickelback. Yeah, sort sort of like that, but they're they're not a Nickelback sort of band. Fair. But the Rich Trio at the concert, and there's three empty seats next to them. And they're all chatting about how they can't enjoy the show because the others aren't there. I don't like the way they're standing up with their seats there. 
Well, you want them to stand up, be standing or sat down. If, you, if there's seats there, sit down. I hate, I hate people at gigs where there's seated area and they're standing. It's like, go and stand in the standing area if we want to stand. What if standing sold out, Mark? Because the problem is, is that the seating area means that as soon as one person stands up, basically everyone has to stand up. Because yeah, the person true. in front of you stands up, so you stand up, so everyone else... And it just spreads, and then everyone's just standing, and you're like, well, I could have been comfortable sitting down. You and I went to a gig not long ago, yep. and we sat down because the standing had sold out. Yep. And it felt super weird being at that kind of musical concert sitting down. It felt so unnatural. I still enjoyed the music. But at the same time, I was quite comfortable just sitting down as well. I mean, given that we're middle-aged men, and the crowd turned out to be lots of young women, probably a good idea that we weren't <laughs> like mushing away, knocking kids <laughs> over. But... uh yeah, I've only ever sat down at one other show before, and that was at BB King. But it's an old blues man; like it makes sense to sit down. Yeah. Um, one lady tried to dance in the aisle at one point. Security showered her, and then BB King told security off. Said if she <laughs> wants to dance, let her dance. And then everyone just started dancing in the aisles because BB King said it was okay. Okay. It's pretty cool, but yeah, sitting down at contest is weird to me. So I'm I'm going to disagree with you there and say if you can stand up and boogie, stand up and boogie. Fair. It's more fun, even though I can't dance in my life. <laughs> Um, but as the band get up, as the band get up to leave, the band come on stage, and this halts Monica Chandler and Russ from leaving. And suddenly they're overcome with excitement at hooting the blowfish, and they stay and party. Fair enough. Which, yeah, I mean, I feel like if they'd got, over might, the might band, as well watch a couple of songs. We're already paid to be here. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't leave if I'd gone. Basically, if no. I made the choice to go, I'm going. No. And if I've, I wouldn't leave. Um, in contrast to the amazing time Ross and the gang are having, Phoebes and Rachel are at their apartment, or at Monica's apartment. I still call it Monica's apartment, even though Rachel lives there. Yeah. Uh, and they're trying to guess how many fingers Joey <laughs> is holding behind his back. Which is funny, because Joey is having a great time. Yeah. He's loving this game. Yeah. But it, It's the something about him and fingers, isn't it? What's it? He likes peed up butter fingers, and they're like, what's that? <laughs> well, Mark, we're going to break out into a game, see if, how many fingers am I holding up? Three. Oh, you got it right! Like, uh, like, uh, that was a weird hand. Like, I thought you'd just do like three, like your your index, and then like your middle, and then the other, like your ring finger. But no, you did like some kind of weird rock rock sign. I started with good. I started with Spider Man, yeah, and okay. then popped the finger out. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's it. That's a weird way to hold your hand. It's like, it's like it you... feels so unnatural. Does it? It does. It doesn't to me. So, so yeah, basically, open up all your fingers, but put your thumb on your ring finger. Feels weird. No, feels normal to me. No, that stuff feels so weird. Okay, anyway. <laughs> After that tangent, I mean, we quite enjoyed that game, so maybe Joey was like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd like to see Hoot in the Blowfish can just guess Ryan's fingers. <laughs> but yeah, so they're off doing that. Um, but back at the concert, and the trio bump into little Stevie Fisher, who Monica used to babysit, which would make me feel so old. If there was some, you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine? I, it, well, I guess in America, like, you probably babysit someone up to 16. So he might be like 10 and Monica might have been like 18 or something. So maybe not a huge difference. Maybe Or maybe even 16 for Monica and he's like 10 or whatever. Well, I suppose, yeah, babysitting isn't so much a thing in the UK well, as it is in the US. Actually, I was going to say, they've got to be at least 16, if not older, <laughs> because of what's about to happen next. Well, <laughs> so it turns out that Steve Fisher is a lawyer and his firm work for the band, work for the Blowfish. And he offers to introduce them to the band and they all jump at the trance, as you would, I suppose. Yep. Uh, but then Stevie asks Monica if she's one of the ones that fooled around with his dad. Yes. Which 
It's so creepy. Well, it's a, it was such a casual thing for him to come out with. Like, I haven't seen you in so long. Hey, was you one of the, the girls that like fooled around my dad? Like, what a weird thing to come out with. To me, that makes you just sound like he slept with every single babysitter in the house. Because if it's that prevalent and it came out in like the divorce yeah. or something, you'd be like, which one didn't he sleep with? You're yeah. probably so numb to the fact that your dad was sleeping with teenage babysitters that it would just become a casual thing. You're like, oh, yeah. whatever. Um, but next morning we're at Central Perk and the group are reunited which is nice it was weird seeing them apart and distant like we've seen them in different combinations of groups before but a rift between the group wasn't comfortable no didn't like I, I, I quite liked the dynamic of you know, Phoebe and Rachel and Joey who don't tend to hang around together no and I guess like Chandler and Monica Ross, Ross do but yeah the other three don't you, know, you, can, you can see the, I can see Monica Chandler and Ross hanging out together as a group more likely and more yeah. often than the other three. Yeah. Because obviously Ross and Monica are siblings and then Chandler's the old the old friend. So it makes sense. Whereas Joey, Rachel and Phoebe are all kind of new to each other, in a sense. And I and I guess for like Chandler and Ross in particular, they I feel like they could chat more adult in a way. Mm. So they, they, they could talk about politics or the day or what's in the paper or whatever. Whereas I don't think you could really do that with any of the others. No. Uh, Rachel would probably wouldn't care. Joey probably wouldn't understand. And Phoebe would have her own weird take on whatever it was anyway. Yeah. So you'd be like, oh, the this is in the paper again. And Phoebe would go, oh yeah, believe that. And you'd be, and <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, yeah. oh. And he's like far left conspiracy nuts. Yeah. But still, <laughs> Phoebe does struggle like that a bit, to be fair. Uh, but we're reunited with the gang as they're reunited with Joey, And they're all discussing their evenings. Monica tells Rachel about meeting Stevie. And Rachel recalls that she also babies him. But she has a question, doesn't she, Mark? She does. What does she want to know? <laughs> she asks uh, about his dad. <laughs> <laughs> I love these kind of jokes where the audience is a bit of information. That obviously, the, the butt of the joke doesn't. They're, I just really like the comedic setup of, were you like, because it seems like a throwaway line. Did yeah, you how's his dad? And then it's like, no, but we know what that means, <laughs> yeah. or implies at least. Yes. And based on what we know about Rachel from back then, seems quite likely. Yeah. But again, he's also creepy. So, so, so yeah, this, this must have to push the age range up a bit, right? Well, it's weird because sleeping with an underage girl in the 90s wouldn't have been funny or acceptable. Well, no, the, well and this thing, so if she's 18, 19, which still isn't acceptable in New York, as we learnt in the previous one, uh, the one with Ethan, young yeah. Ethan, you have to be 21 in New York? I think so. Something like that. that. I can't remember. Uh, for age of consent. So... Let's say she's 18, 19. That's still weird to be babysitting, I think. I feel like at 18, 19, you, you don't want to be a babysitter. Yeah, like when you watch like American movies and like the 15-year-old has a crush on the babysitter. Yeah. Like if they're 18 or 19, that kind of makes sense. It does. But in this case, like for me, I think I feel like Rachel wouldn't be a babysitter at 18, 19. She'd be out wanting to go to clubs or whatever. Party and whatnot, yeah. And if she did sleep with his dad... It's still bad. Yep. And if she's not 18, 19, then she's younger. Which is really, really bad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where, I guess, in 2021, it hits a bit differently. In the the 90s, it's like a, ah, implication, throwaway joke. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas now we're like, ooh. Yeah. Okay. It's a bit (laughs) cancelled. Look. But after that, they then start getting into a little argument, don't they? They do. How was your night last night? Oh, well, it pretty much sucked. How was yours? Yeah, ours pretty much sucked, too. Yeah. Oh, but I did run into little Stevie Fisher. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah, I used to babysit him. Hey, how's his dad? 
Well, aside from that, the whole evening was pretty much a bust. Yeah, we, we really missed you guys. Yeah, yeah look, uh, we were just saying, this whole thing is so stupid. We just have to really, really, really not let stuff like this about money get, like, is that a hickey? <laughs> oh, no, I just, I fell down. <laughs> On someone's lips? <laughs> Where'd you get the hickey? You know, a party or... What party? Well, it, it wasn't a party so much as a, a gathering of people. <laughs> with food and music and... and, and the band. <gasps> you partied with Hootie and the Blowfish? Yes, apparently Stevie and Hootie are like this. <laughs> Who gave you that hickey? That would be the work of a blowfish. Oh! <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe this. Oh, we're just like sitting at home, just trying to guess Joey's fingers, and, and you guys are out like partying and having fun, and you know, I'll, hey, blowfish, suck on my neck. Oh. <laughs> Hey, look, don't blame us. You guys could have been there, you know. No, oh, what? As part of your poor friend's outreach program? <laughs> oh, great. It's work. Can I? Look, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm sorry that we make more money than you, but we're not going to feel guilty about it. We work really hard for it. And we don't work hard? Yeah, hi, it's Monica. I just got a page. I'm just saying that we sometimes we like to do stuff that costs a little more. Oh, and you feel like we hold you back. Yes. <gasps> no. <laughs> Leon, Leon, wait, wait. I don't understand. Those steaks were just a gift from the meat vendor. That was not a kickback. I mean, come on, I'll just replace them and we can forget the whole thing. Well, what's a kickback, Mark? Well, basically, she's agreed to do this deal in return for her getting a perk, basically. I feel like kickback is the most polite way to say bribe. Yes. Ever. Like yeah, bribe so. immediately had well, a negative Well, it's, 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 it's a perk that you shouldn't, shouldn't have, basically. Yeah. For, for doing this. So, which, which makes me think, like, well, five stakes isn't that great. Yeah, unless she's getting five stakes a week or whatever. Like, fair, yeah. Plus, I feel like it'd be quite obvious when you're taking a kickback. Because I imagine that conversation would be, you know, like, oh, yeah, so we'll do this and I'll have some steak for you. Like, yeah. I, I don't imagine how you'd accidentally accept the kickback. I, I don't know how her bosses found out about the five stakes, free stakes they gave them. I mean, uh, by some should be Monica's like, oh, the new meat guy gave me five free steaks. And someone at work's gone, oh, yeah, Monica has some free steak. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, Monica did what now? Yeah. Or maybe the steak company called up and basically went, yeah, no, no, we had a deal with Monica. You know, she had some of those steaks. And then they've gone like, oh, wait, no, that's not the understanding we came to. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean... Where I work, we have a corporate policy of zero gifts or kickbacks or anything, basically. Yeah. So I could give you the best customer service in the universe, and no matter what gift you try and give me, I can't take it. Like if you buy, well, I had a customer once try to buy me a bottle of whiskey for nice. helping out. He was very grateful, which I appreciate. You know, oh, I can't take it. And he was like, "What if I just bring it in and put it on the table?" I was like, "The customer will probably take it." <laughs> he was like, <laughs> "What if I just leave it outside?" And I was like, "Then someone else pick it up." I, like, I quite physically can't accept it. Like it's a sackable offense. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, oh. And I'm like, plus, if you do give it to me, it just gets poured down the sink by the, like, the management team. Like, we're not allowed to take it. And he really didn't understand why. I yeah. understand why. Um, but I just try and explain to someone who's trying to give you gratitude why you can't accept the gratitude is quite awkward. Yes. Because they're trying to show how much they appreciate it. 
and then it's almost like you refusing their gift. Well, and it's worse for you, isn't it? Because you're like, I would absolutely love that gift. Thank you so much. But I have to say no, because someone has decided I can't have a gift. No, I actually get it because it, it builds a relationship separate to your job. So my job is to do my job. And if this person is happy and then gives me a, a, a reward, essentially, for doing my job, what happens next time they come in That's fair. and they want, oh, there's a 20-minute wait. Yeah. Oh, wait, Ryan's over there. Me and Ryan are pals because so I gave him that bottle of whiskey. Mm. And then what? Do I then upset that person by saying, yeah, thanks for the whiskey, but it doesn't mean anything to me anymore because that was then, this is now? Or is it, okay, I'll sort you out because you gave me some whiskey and then all of a sudden someone else is upset? So when I shake your hand with money in my palm, are you just going to be like Charlotte and it just drops on the floor? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's just I kind of get it, but again, I think her boss is a bit, you know, over the top. Yeah, and you wouldn't get rid of your head chef over something so easy like that. I mean, if she said to me, "I'll replace the steaks and we'll call it even," I'll go, "Yeah, fair enough. Just don't do it again." Yeah, yeah. Final, final warning. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Right? But this is America, where you can just immediately be fired for absolutely any. You reason. still don't fire your head chef that easily unless you was already getting rid of them. Yeah, I mean, I guess because it's corporate policy, it's corporate policy. I'm like, you're a restaurant. How corporate can you be? Yeah, but you're sh- without your head chef, you have no chef. You've got, you know, food to get out that, that evening. Like, you don't have a spare waiting. No. So, just, I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's quite a specialised job, so. Unless you'd already hired the new one and then you'd fire Monica because you've got the new one in place. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I think. But it's basically the next day, isn't it? So yeah. It's a pretty quick turnaround from her being the head chef. Like, does she even do a shift? Yeah. As head chef. I don't, I don't, I don't. Well, she must have done one to get the kickback, but yeah. the t- again, the timing in this episode and like, the, the content continuity of it is a bit all over the place. Yeah. Um, but during the argument, Chandler admits that sometimes he feels like the poor kids hold him back. Well, you know, Joey comes out with a sarcastic line. Like, oh, you feel like a hundred better. And he's like, it's just so like natural and calm that I think Chandler gets caught off guard. It's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's right. Oh no, I just realised what you said. Yeah, like I didn't, like my answer didn't mean what you asked. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, you do because we can't do this because you guys can't afford it. So you are technically holding us back, but we don't resent you for it. Because obviously when you say someone's holding you back, there's an, an implication of resentment. But again, honest communication, just be like, guys, we want to go here. Like I wouldn't just spring an expensive night out on someone. I wouldn't be like, oh, we're going for a meal on Saturday, meet me here. And then we all rock up and it's some like five star restaurant. Yeah. I would give you some kind of warning of it's going to be expensive. Yeah. Like this place I mentioned in Wales, like if we go, I mean, A, it's a six month waiting list, so you'll have six months to prepare the wallet for whatever it's going to cost. Yeah. I wouldn't just spring it on someone. No, because not everyone can afford that. We're not on our 2.7 million. Yeah, you know, you, know, pounds you, a year. you don't want someone sat there ordering their starter and checking their bank balance at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not a fun situation. But the end of this phone call that Monica's had results in her being fired and losing her job. Yeah. Which, you know, is sad. And again, I always find it really weird. I'm like, oh my God, where are you? Employment unions. Like, do something, America. Like, you can't just fire people with the drop of a hat. Um, but what's nice is all the fights immediately forgotten and all the gang rally around Monica, reminding us all what friendship is really about. Stakes? Stakes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else there is, they all gather around and then the anonymous waitress, because there are many anonymous waitresses at Central Park that can't, you know, Rachel's not there because she's being social. So we have random staff that we never really meet. Yeah. I always find that odd. Like, why aren't they, like, you know, why doesn't Rachel walk in and go, oh, Sarah, how you doing? Nice yeah, day. Yeah. just literally there. They're not Rachel or Gunther, so they don't matter. Yeah. They're just in the background. But she gives Monica her bill. For, she, she gets a line. Here's your check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, with, with her back to the camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then 
Joey is all like, I'll take care of that. And then has to turn to Chandler to get Chandler to pay for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, this is what you don't bring up money because it brings up arguments that you don't need to have. And it really doesn't really matter, does it? Like you do, you don't care about any friends more or less based on what they make. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe at Christmas. <laughs> yes. We'll see what yes. Santa brings. <laughs> it depends how much they limit me from doing things. It's true. Well, which, which, which I guess is like the issue of this whole episode. Like, you know, Chandler and Ross and Monica are struggling to do the things they want to do because their friends can't afford to do it. I guess, yeah. Again, it's just a conversation. Like, for instance, you want to go to Japan, which is a very expensive holiday. And it's like, well, if we do that, I'm going to need time to save and not spend it on other things. Yeah. Because... Which is never going to happen. It might happen. <laughs> it but a trip to Japan or visiting a lady friend, is, that's probably not going to win. No. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Unless we take them to Japan. Can do that. There you go. I'll meet you in Japan and just so happens that all the lads are going to be there too. Yeah. Sounds fun. That works. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, I've had that with friends sometimes where you'd be like, well, I want to do this thing and they just can't afford to do it. So it's like, well, either I don't do it or I find a different way to do it with different people or whatever. Yeah. If anything, uh, I find that the most limiting thing to social interactions between our friendship group isn't so much wealth. It's more than being really boring sometimes. Yes. But like, let's do this fun activity and there'll be someone in the group who's got some weird aversion to go-karting for whatever reason and you're just like why like, i don't understand why it's difficult for you to drive a go-kart no, no. whereas i've got friends who earn a bit more than me quite a bit more and they have no issue spending you know a couple hundred pounds on a bottle of vodka or whatever and that makes me feel quite uncomfortable yeah. because i would never spend that and then you know if, if they're like oh can everyone like chip in for it that's fine but then i'm like I just spent twenty pound on like basically we got one glass each out of that. Yeah, and, it's like, and like it's quite expensive even for vodka, you know. I'd have to be like an aficionado to understand what I was buying. Like there's some very expensive whiskies you can get, yeah. but I don't drink a lot of whiskey, so you could put like a bottle of Bell's whiskey in front of me, and then some really expensive Japanese whiskey, and then some like yeah. single malt seventy year old Scotch, and be like, what do these cost? And I probably would. Like, they all taste the same, and. They're all £8. <laughs> I just have no idea. So, so you know, I'm kind of in the middle of this where, you know, I'm, I'm not a Chandler, but I'm not a Joey. I'm in the middle. So I've had it from both sides where I understand, like, yes, I've got friends who have less money and can't afford to do things, and that, that affects me. But then I've got friends with more money, and then you're struggling to try and keep up with what they want to do. True, I and, guess. And, yeah, so it, it is tough. So it's one of those things you, you just need to talk about, really. Yeah. Not difficult. No. And, and certainly when it becomes big things like stag do's or birthdays or weddings or whatever. Like, weddings always sound fun on paper, but actually they, they become very expensive. Even if you're just a guest, they become very expensive because you normally have to get a hotel because they're not nearby. Yep. You have to travel there. You have to get new clothes or whatever to look nice. Then there's like meals and then there's gifts and stuff. And all of a sudden you're like, hang on, this, this wedding that should be like a free event to go to, I suddenly cost two, three hundred pound. Yep. That I really wasn't accounting for this month. And Nope. I'm going to a wedding this week and I've had to pay for a hotel room, buy a suit, whatever I spend when I'm there. I'm you did your beard earlier. I did go get my beard trimmed earlier. Um, I mean, that's more of a general, that needed to be done anyway. I was looking <laughs> like some kind of wild man of Borneo. Um, but yeah, so that, that's had a, a layout this time of year, which has been, you know, fine. I mean, it's a family wedding. I, you know, and we're, 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 yeah, we're recording this in December. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, happy to go. It's just, yeah, it's not as simple, oh, will you come here and be my guest? It's a case of come here, buy this, spend that. And then, you know, my family are uh, have a good time. Let's put it that way. Yeah. These kind of things. So that I imagine the bar tab's going to be quite high. Well, yeah, I've, I've been to some weddings where the, the bar is free or at least a couple of drinks are free. And then I was like, no, expensive drinks now. I was at one family wedding and I think I was like the only person at this wedding that drank ale and they'd specifically bought a big cask of Hobgoblin because they, like, Ryan doesn't like lager, so we'll get him some mm. ale. It was, I was absolutely bladdered by the end of this <laughs> wedding, but I was the only person drinking the Hobgoblin, or so I thought. Yeah. So I keep going over and then, like, my uncle was running the bar, basically, and I'm just like, yep refill it my heart a bit and then after like five or six points I've gone back over and turned the nozzle and nothing's come out but I'm a bit wavy at this point because there's been some champagne and the odd shots appear yeah. and I'm, I'm basically gone and there's no, none coming out and I'm really confused and then as I like turn the tap off and go to stand there there's like three people who were like oh I've never had that before but it's really nice I was <laughs> yeah. like you drank my beer and I was like all annoyed but yeah thankfully that, that was that was a nice you know bargain of a wedding but but as, as an episode, like it's it's quite an interesting one. Seeing the the split in the group, uh, there's you know Phoebe's line of like having to guess Jerry's fingers, which is a bit bit of a weird, a yeah. weird line. <laughs> um, mean, it's yeah, it's a very interesting thing for them to think of, like as writers for them producers to think of. Let's split the group in this way. Yeah, because it's it's not it's not a funny story in a sense. No, like it's not, it's not something that naturally lends itself to comedy. You know, like ha ha, this is hilarious yeah. because of you know. They're poor. Like, yeah. Because no one, you can't poke fun at the poor because it's, it's classless yeah. and tacky. But then mocking the rich is somewhat more acceptable. But then the group and Neva, they're not, it's all about the difference between them and not what they actually have. Yeah. And this is probably one of the only times where money ever becomes an issue for any of them. Yeah. Because they, they all end up going to, you know, different places around the world and whatever quite easily for, for various weddings yeah. and, and things. Like they, and other than Joey being broke, money's not often mentioned in the show. It's not often it's, mentioned it's, in TV. It, it, well, it's only it's only really mentioned for Joey like Chandler buying stuff for him. Yeah, and it's it's a comedy thing. Oh, Chandler, you you bought this for me, thank you. Yeah, or you broke my fridge. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously there's the, the wedding, Monica yeah. and Chandler's wedding, which I imagine when we get to that episode in the future, there'll be lots of how dare she want to spend all that money. Yeah. But this is quite a funny episode. Well, there's a lot to break down. Within it, obviously, we, we've got the whole money thing, but then we've got like Chandler's kind of side story. Oh, Jen. and and you know, I I wonder which number woman this is. This number three or four that he he's been with because when he's with Monica, he's like counting down the numbers, like from his lie to the actual truth. Mm. How many women he's been with? I mean, we do get a little nice post credit sting in this episode where Jade calls Bob again. And this time, Joey, and, yes, Joey so, hears yeah. and like flings herself over the sofa <laughs> to answer the phone. Um, yeah, which I imagine would be, like we mentioned earlier, very much like, how are you doing? And yeah. then now Jade's sleeping with Joey. Yep. Um, which would be really funny because I would, it would just be nice. I just find the idea that Joey comes over and goes, I met this girl called Jade. And Chandler's <laughs> like, oh, her? She's an old flame. And <laughs> yeah. just Joey having to deal with the dynamic of what? I slept with a Chandler girl. Yeah. Which would quite funny <laughs> yeah. to me. But no, it's a good episode. It's just very different from everything else. I guess so, yeah. It's a long one as well. Well, yeah. our episode's long, there isn't there. Yeah, well, I know you've, you've been making this go on for nearly two hours now. Oh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just sit here do, do, do you remember when our episodes were 34 minutes long? Yeah, when we, like, we were worried they weren't long enough, and now we just don't shut up. Yeah. There weren't but, even that many tangents in this one. Well, 
you know, I hope our audience enjoys listening to these, but I have to edit these. So I now have to now spend two hours, like, listening back to it again to make sure there's no gaps and put in the adverts and whatever else. I don't listen back to them, so I just assume that there's loads of times where there's like, if it's like a government document, there'd be big redacted sections <laughs> where you've muted random stuff I've overshared. <laughs> oh no, I've, I've just cut off your, your, your sentences, just made them as dirty as possible. Fair. <laughs> 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 we could take enough of the air. Well, I think that's our episode yeah, done with, isn't all, it? it's all done and dusted. So I, I guess you should uh, do the outro and, and tell us some, some things that the audience can do. The audience can do whatever they like, Mark. What they should do is join us on Patreon. They should do, yes. Why, why should they do that? Because on Patreon, Mark, they'll get lots more watching friends, uh, exclusive episodes that won't be aired anywhere else. Yeah, got some bon- you get some bonus episodes. You get at least one bonus episode a month yep. for the £5 and up tier. And they're a lot more freeform, I guess, than our episode episodes. Oh, yeah. So we've just done, uh, as of recording, two already. Uh, one is about uh, Gumpfer or James Michael Tyler. Yep. We just talk about the character and about the actor um, and just just go through all that. And the next one is we've done some pros and cons list for every friend to see which one is the best and the results may surprise you. Yeah, and it was much more difficult than we anticipated. And the idea going forward is, you know, every month you'll get bonus episodes. Uh, there'll be like Q&A threads and we'll do lots of fun things. We'll, the idea is that we will use this money to basically expand what we do. Yeah. Uh, try to get like another microphone so we can get a third person on. Have some, um, guests. Have some guests on. We would like to do like some quizzes and videos of us playing friends games and even just discussing like friends merch and all sorts of things. Just, yeah, random friends related fun. Uh, and definitely look at uh, the sitcom episodes that Matt LeBlanc stars in, uh, yes. where he plays himself, talks about his friend's career in that. As, it's a very funny show. I'm very excited to watch it. Mark has seen the show, I haven't it seen is, any of it. So. It's great. Very looking forward to reacting to that. But, you know, so, so so supporting us on Patreon, you can do it from £1 a month and you can pay in dollars or euros or whatever currency you want to pay in. It doesn't have to be pounds. But, you know, any support helps us. Uh, and the I guess the best perk, apart from the bonus episodes, no adverts, so you can get a feed, this podcast, with no adverts in it. Fair. I mean, you might, you, you'll still hear this at the end because this isn't an advert traditionally. This isn't this is an advert. Us talking about something else we it, do. It is, yeah. Um, you have to but pay yeah, for. so so supporting us on Patreon is good. Where else can they support us, Ryan? I can never remember the socials. Oh, how can you not, seriously? Because I'm me. I don't do memory. Watch Friends Pod at Twitter yeah, and that's Facebook. The one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And watchingfriends.com. Yes. The most obvious website name ever. And like, look, well done, Mark. You passed the test where <laughs> I pretended to not remember the socials again. <laughs> <laughs> episode one in a row. And uh, why why should I follow the socials? What do you do on them? Not enough. No, you don't do it. <laughs> I mean, to basically share memes, but yeah. a lot of a lot of social media stuff relies on you know the social part of it. So, you know, talk to us, and I can talk back. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm just screaming a tangent into the void and and not getting much back. And I guess the last thing you can do is, if you're still listening to us, that is you can go and leave us a nice five-star review on iTunes. Uh, I assume you can do it on Google Play and Spotify and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. But, but, uh, but at least for iTunes, uh, it really helps highlight us and, and bump us up the ranks so other people and listeners can find us. There's quite a few of you listening to us now, which is lovely. Yeah. We always want more. If you don't like us and are going to put a comment, make it constructive. 
because yeah. I want to learn what you don't like. I probably won't change. If, if, if you just say Ryan's got an ugly face, well, we can't really change that. No, just yeah. But if you say you know his beard is wonky, maybe he should like cut it more symmetrical. He can learn from that. You know, he sounds too brummy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can put on like, hello, welcome to Watching Friends. <laughs> no, you still sound brummy. Welcome to Watching Friends. And there you go. You can, you can yeah, oh, we've lost want. our last listener there. They've turned off. <laughs> Just podcast over. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I think that's it for another episode, isn't it? It is. Cheerio. See you later.